It feels like the first time. It feels like the very first time. It feels like the first time. It feels like the very first time. Guys, welcome to the first time show. Welcome. welcome back. It's the finale of The Leftovers. It's very exciting. Owen's here. Brett's here. Alana's here. Here's the deal. We it, it's it's late at night on Monday because this weekend this whole thing has just been a lot and work has been piling up and uh, sometimes we have to push and you know whatever. That's why this episode's going up way later than normal. But um, so we're recording it Monday night. We start. We're supposed to start at seven thirty. <laughs> I think we started at like 8.15. We were supposed Eight, to start on yeah. Saturday. Then we were supposed to start Sunday. Then we are supposed to start Monday. <laughs> know, then we are supposed like, to start Monday night. And Monday then we night. pushed another hour. Monday night. Monday night. <laughs> and then say what just happened. Well, we've been trying to record this fucking cursed episode. <laughs> and then we finally sat down. We're recording. I've got my video capture going. I've got the Zoom going. Everything's going. I'm like, hey, everybody. We're we're talking. We're 10 minutes in the episode. We're 20 minutes in having a great time. Good clips. We've got some great hot takes. And it's 30 really minutes fun. in. 30 minutes go by. It's 40 so minutes go we're, we're almost done talking about the seventh episode. We're about to move on to the finale. And then I look over at the Zoom and it has stopped recording. And that little baby boy said bye-bye. It turns out the memory card was way too full. It recorded for five <laughs> minutes. And that's what happened to our brains. And Take a look at the video. And mm-hmm. Brett, Brett put his hands on his head for like 13 <laughs> minutes. <laughs> but we recorded five minutes, though. And there then, were five minutes recorded on tape. Yeah. And then Owen got up and was like, I'm going to smoke. The five minutes is only for Patreon. <laughs> the five minutes has gone into the garbage. Nobody wants that. Uh, um, but yeah. anyway, welcome to the show. Um, so we're not going to know what we said or didn't say. We'll try. Well, we'll do our best, but I'm sure emails will really kickstart a bunch. Yeah, of Yeah, I feel like we should get to emails quick because it's going to bring up talkies but um we we should really quickly just kind of first of all mention that since this is the end of the leftovers for the show we're gonna move right into the next show which we know what it is and we are going to announce it in this episode but we're gonna wait till the middle of the episode <laughs> so that you guys right. stick around if you bit. put it at the end people will just jump to the end right mm-hmm. but if you put it and if you do it at the, the beginning middle, they'll stop listening after that you're gonna really commit you gotta listen Right, right. You, you gotta, gotta earn it. You gotta earn it. And so. we're feeling mischievous. We so are deal. feeling mischievous. But what anyway. do you what do you think it is? I mean it could be anything. Listeners. I think it's I think it's um the rescuers down under. Whoa. We're just watching the rescuers we a, down we under. We had a really good joke in the not recorded forty minutes about it potentially being true blood, which it isn't. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. You should have seen Owen's face was lost. just like <laughs> <laughs> But whatever it is, Owen has has enthusiastically mentioned that he may join us. He gave us an enthusiastic maybe. He gave us an enthusiastic (laughs) maybe. We have given him an opportunity to come back and be like, no, I'm not coming. Yeah. In the actual not recorded episode, he did say that he was interested in the possibility. Is there more we can say about Owen while he's out smoking? No, we could just say it to his face because it's oh. all the same. Well, it's kind of fun for him not I mean, to know. Yeah, I, mean, I mean, we're feeling mischievous, you know? Light. I, don't, I want him around more often. Um, 
So anyway, what else you want to say about Owen? Let's jump right in. But something, I'm in the cheeky mood. What's his middle name? What does the P stand for? I could tell you, but he probably doesn't want anybody. Is it to know, really a and P? We should respect his anonymity and his. And is it really a P though? Privacy. But his Twitter handle is Owen P Carter. He's putting it out there. Is okay. That, is the P so, real? Let's calm down. Should I everybody. let the mystery be? Well, why won't you? Tell All right, hold on, hold on. Real. Let's jump right into. Oh my this god, thing. I'm eating peas right now. I can't believe it. <laughs> Remember I, that one time when you spilled your drink on the Zoom recorder and it shorted out and we never finished that episode of Lost? Yeah, but Yikes. but we didn't redo it? Or what happened? We just no. went right back into it and recorded it. No. We went and played video games. <laughs> oh, but then we eventually <laughs> did it. No. Is there a missing episode of Lost? Yeah. Bullshit. I, I don't think we ever covered the second one. I think we recorded for like 35 minutes. I don't believe you spilled you. water on the Zoom recorder. It didn't work. And we were like, let's play video games. And then we put up just the first like we put up. It's the shortest lost episode. Are you sure? At least you can find it. I'll look for it. Wow. All right. Well, anyway, when we started this episode earlier, talking about the episode seven and eight, Hopes the finale of People Leftover season three. Um. We all kind of gave our our thoughts about the the ending of the series as a whole, mm-hmm. and quick uh, and uh, so I think we should do that again really quick. But maybe we should wait till Owen's here. Well, why don't the three of us go and hopefully he'll be back by then? Oh, okay. So Alana- Owen might never come back. <laughs> it's true. We can't wait because he might never return. It's possible. But Alana, what did you feel? How did you feel about the ending of Leftovers? My overall thoughts were I was shockingly, absolutely satisfied. I felt great. I felt great. I mean, you know, there's always going to be things that you're like, oh, I be but, you know, that's not my art creation. I'm watching it. Someone else's. And I felt good. Um, I, I share the sentiment. I felt good. I think it's a beautiful show. I think it's really, I, I think... I'm kind of sad I didn't watch it sooner, but now I'm glad I waited so long too. Wait, what? Because well, because when I, did you watch it? Well, I watched the whole season when it aired, the whole series when it aired, and then I never rewatched it because mm-hmm. I wanted to like hang on to rewatching it. And uh, and now that I've finally rewatched it, I'm I'm sad I didn't do it sooner, but I'm also glad I did it with the people I did it with, and I'm really excited about. It's um, like the second time you have sex. It is, yeah. <laughs> Which for a lot of people is very real. But um, I'm glad anyway. I finally did it. I wish I had done it sooner, but I'm really glad I did it with the people I did it with. But I loved it, and I thought it was great, and I'm so happy about it. I think it's one of the greatest series of all time. It's in my top ten for sure. And we don't have to hear Brett's thoughts about the finale. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's a real bummer that. No, it's okay. Person, it's I okay. Delicately seated that my opinion might be controversial. It's okay. It's okay. I'm not. I'm just joshing you because it's funny. Let's hear it, Brett. What do you think about uh, it? I'll say it the same way I said it before. I yeah. thought the ending was absolutely perfect. It made me uh, feel very emotional. It made me think about a lot of things. It made my heart tighten in my chest. And then they added another episode that was like an epilogue that we didn't need at the end of the series. <laughs> and I felt really, really great about where the show ended at episode seven. You're like all the Raylos that are like, 
There's I, I can't believe Star Wars ends with episode eight and there isn't a Rise of Sky. Like, I can't believe they didn't make a third one and, and there's only two Star Wars. Those people exist? I don't want to be associated with those people. <laughs> I didn't know that either. Yeah, they completely ignore that that Rise of Skywalker exists. Why? Why is it so bad? Okay, that's they, another thing. They hate topic. it and they're sad about the Raylo thing. They were deep, deep Raylos that really wanted to see Kylo Ren and Rey get together. And because it didn't happen, spoiler alert, they're, your, they're beyond upset. Where's your porn button? What did... Uh, what do they call? What do you call the people that think Rogue One is better than both of those movies? Smart people. <laughs> Can I be part of that group? <laughs> no, I think Rogue One is fantastic, but I love all of the. I mean, I love is a strong word, but I enjoy all the new Star Wars movies. I don't give a fuck. Whoa. Maybe I'm an old man that's lost my jadedness or something, and see things for what they are. Except the prequels suck. Guys, Episode Seven of the Leftovers is titled. So Brett, you didn't really like the finale, but that's okay. We'll we'll get into but it. But I loved so I guess yeah I mean I'm I like we'll forget what we already talked about and it'll be confusing at this point. But the idea that I loved was this idea that Kevin had to make his peace with this purgatory world and basically <laughs> accept that the people that are lost, the things that are lost, are lost and they're gone. And you sort of have to focus on what you have and you have to move forward with your life. And that was. I thought really nicely buttoned up when he got on the roof with his father and the whole series we've seen the division between Kevin and his father. And it felt like at that moment, it was like, Oh, he's the family I have left. He's what I have right here. And I have to really focus on what I have and all of this bullshit about being a Messiah and the flood and all that is not true. And we just have to let the mystery be right of why everyone went away and we have to accept and appreciate what we have. Right. And then eight does a lot to kind of unpack a lot of that in a bad way. But, um, <laughs> as, as we said before, me and Alana feel differently about that, but I think that's like, I think that has, says a lot about how people view the world. I think this is a really cool and interesting show. And I really appreciate eight that it is divisive in my opinion. I think that the show as much as it, Oh, eight, eight to me felt like they needed a happy ending and I didn't feel like I needed a happy ending. Seven was the ending that I wanted and I felt really, really um, satisfied with the way the show ended there. And so eight was sort of a nice button. That's why I'm like, if you consider an epilogue, I'm for it. I just don't it, think... Consider this add-on that isn't like a proper chapter in the book. Uh, I can go there. I just don't think that like as far as the investment in the characters and how much you fall in love with everybody. And then by the end of the third season, you're like, you absolutely can't stand to see them all go. And you're, you're sad. It's over. I think that like, if we had left Nora's story with her just going into the machine and then never seeing her again, even though I understand that that's kind of like a cool, like, rebellious filmmaker type ending for a beloved character to just kind of go away. But it's not, I think I need what we were talking about before, which is this idea of you have to either accept what you have or accept death. And I think that's where Kevin keeps ended up in purgatory where he's, he's not sure if he wants to accept death. He's not sure if he wants to accept what he has. And he's in this like teeter totter existence. Whereas to me, I felt like Nora tried life and was like no i can't live without my family and chose death 
because she was not able to accept. I, I don't see what that she, she chose death. I, see I don't that see she... it as life or death. But I'll say I side with Brett here. the The reasons that I liked episode eight so much and I wouldn't have been happy with an ending at episode seven is not because of seeing more Nora. Well, no, that's not what I was trying to say. I wasn't finished. I just didn't, I just didn't, I don't think that was an appropriate ending for Nora. And I think that, Oh, that's what I'm saying though. The fact that we got to see her and Kevin find each other again, they were meant to be together. They shared some special moment in their lives. And, um, you know, whether they were meant to be together or not, but I think that they had more to say. And the fact that their last conversation ever in the whole show is a really bad argument in that hotel yeah. is really like not satisfying for me as someone that cares so much about those characters. Ooh, yeah, that's tough. But I, I think that eight actually, it doesn't, I, I said this before, but it's like, I don't feel like eight fits in the show. It feels like this sort of, studio note type episode because we're now showing we're now being like we got to pay off nora and kevin but we get this kind of weak passive kevin that's been searching for nora which i don't think is what we set up at the end of seven and then we also get nora who basically said i chose my family who i lost the chance of getting to see them again over you yeah, and I over think, what we have. I think yeah. you're, and I think, then she was like, "Oh, and they moved on, so I came back to my second place." And that's sort of where we're leaving the show is this sort of like, you know, consolation prize. That's I, what I did. Know. I think you're mm, wrong you're about right. Kevin about them not setting up Kevin going on a journey to find Nora because they perfectly set that up in seven. They made it a major part of his development in his you know fighting his other side yeah, his that other book half he is wrote. like that book he the wrote romance novel is about you know him finding yeah. nora and then the last thing he says to his like twin is essentially like we fucked up we with fucked nora things up with nora yeah and it's like i understand again that that's like that could be but i thought that was the point that's what like, I'm saying. you have to accept loss you have to accept hey we mm. fucked this up and she's gone now sure but she I... chose her family over us because we fucked it up. Right, but then and it's they... like, that's what I thought the end was. It's like us accepting what we've lost, us accepting the mistakes we've made and trying to move forward. But I also think they gave us like, because you can't, you can't just like, I mean, you can, but I don't think the show is as beautiful and perfect as it is if it's just like the most downer ending you could give it, you know, like, um, that's interesting. I I, do, I think it's like if it's a downer ending, then it's the type of show where it's like, well, if you're going to watch The Leftovers, you really got to be ready for how like sad it is. And I think that we were already taking a chance with watching such a sad show that already in its current form and it's in its final form is. And it was difficult to watch during this quarantine and during this time of unrest in humanity and changes and difficulties. But I think that if it was just like Nora dies and then Lori dies and then uh, Matt basically accepts his death and then like, you know, the dad is like, fuck, none of this is real. And everybody and, and Michael and John are like, uh, none of it was real. And everyone's just like, we fuck this. Then that's not a show I love. That's just a show that's like, see, that's, that's a show that's cool. That's what makes the show great. <laughs> is that we see it differently. Yeah. I saw the end of seven as a really beautiful, positive ending to this show. 
that it was like all these people have really come together. They are friends because they believed in this idea mm-hmm. that proved false. And now all they have left is their friendship in each other. They don't have this like aspirational, this is the new Messiah. We're going to write the new Bible. All that stuff has gone away because they have to accept that the things they've lost are lost. The people that are gone are gone. Yeah. And now they just have each other, but they're only together because of that event. I only have each other. I hear you, but like, it's not the end, you know, it's just like, it could be. And I guess you could, if you really wanted to look at that as the ending of those characters, I guess what I'm saying is like eight to me doesn't do anything to add to that narrative. It, it, It just like kind of complicates the narrative. It makes me feel like Kevin is not satisfied. Whereas at the end of seven, I feel like it's like now Kevin has destroyed this purgatory world. He's not going to feel the need to continue to go back and like, you know, play with death in that way. He's going to accept and he's going to move forward. And eight makes me feel like he didn't. He's still hanging on to the thing he lost, which is Nora. But why did he then if you're if if the way that you see it ending was the way that it was it was intended to end, why? Why did he go back then? Because I feel like when it's when we're presented with the idea of why he keeps going back, it's not because his dad wants him to get the song, and it's not because the woman wants him to find out where the kids' shoes are, and it's not because uh, to you know whatever yeah. his other mission is. It's because he needs to like find within himself that he really fucked up a lot of things in his life and and he needed to find out that like Nora was what really mattered to him and I think he needed to go there to find that out and I think he was looking for answers and I think he got the answer once yeah he... I like that but the show would have needed to commit to that and I didn't feel like it did I... we've watched three seasons of Kevin trying to find his oh. purpose essentially <laughs> because Bye. it starts with him cheating on his wife you know, it's right. like he he's never felt comfortable. He's never felt like he's in the right place with the right people. And oh. at the end of the episode seven, it was like the first time that I felt like he was acknowledging. I don't have some great purpose. I don't uh, have what is some this, a party. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you guys got party in here. I also we've covered everything we recorded in the first recording. <laughs> oh, my God. Great. Good work. Um, I wanted yeah, to. Yeah, so you're you're jumping wait. right back in exactly. Wait, 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 wait. I want to address. Saying. Oh well, thank you. But I, I want I wanted to address really quickly before we get too distracted and welcome Owen and everything. Um, I wanted to comment on your your you saying that it doesn't feel like hmm. episode eight doesn't feel like a part of the show and it feels like it's it it kind of veers off into its own little thing. I think that. It's intentional, and I think that the the reason why it feels that way is because we're now seeing everybody freed of all of the shit that they had, uh, freed of everything that they were locked in before the events of the finale episode. I think we're seeing a world of people that are like, Jarden's not Miracle so much anymore. People have learned to accept the, the departure happened, and things are kind of going back to normal and Nora has decided to move on. She's satisfied with this, with what happened to her family. She's like, you know, Kevin realized he's not the Messiah and, and you know, it just seems like we're in a different world. It seems like, yeah, years not, later, we're not in, in a different world. 
Right, we're not in the same world, so like it, it so thematically, and it it does feel like it takes a left. It's not the same as episode seven. It's not the same as any yeah, it's other. Got episode. Like a, it's got like a rom com vibe to it, but like in a really it. elegant and beautiful way. That's not that doesn't feel like a regular rom com. It feels like. These it's ca- got we the wanna, rom, but it's not really a com. We want to see these characters, and we want to see these characters happy. And I think that what that episode does, it shows us a world where they're happy, and they're not bothered by all this fucking end of the world shit that was such a fucking crutch to the world, essentially. And that's why I think it's so different. I have to say that I'm really going to need a Twitter poll that's Team Brett or Team Steve (laughs) on the ending of this show. Oh, no. This conversation is fascinating. I don't need a versus, Alana. (laughs) It's not a a versus. It's just out of curiosity how many people saw it the way that Brett saw it and how many people saw it the way Steve saw it. It's fascinating to me. Yeah, does it have to be Team Brett or Team Steve? Can't it just be the facts? Maybe it should be the facts, Brett. The facts, Steve. What do you mean? Team episode seven Does finale. The show team no, no, no. episode episode seven team, or episode eight. Yeah, team That's episode seven finale or team episode team eight Steve. finale. Brett or Steve, I like um, better. All right. Well, now that Owen's back, <laughs> let's get Owen's opinion. On Owen, the, we've on... been deep in this back and forth, the ping pong between the boys for like a good amount of time here, and it's intense in a good way. Um, I'm fascinated. I'm like, give me more. Well, I think we're just po- position post. Positing we're our, just we're just peeing all yeah. over each other. But anyway, but it's in a Owen, good way. It's this is good debate. Um, I'm I'm not joking around. I, this is very well. Thank you. Great. Um, Owen, let's focus on Owen for a second here. Owen just got here to the podcast. Welcome, Owen, to the finale of the Leftovers show. Thank you for joining us. Um, what were your thoughts on the end of the Leftovers? Uh, I loved it. I was so relieved. After Lost and Prometheus. Oh, yeah. This got me back on board the Lindelof train. So God, now you're low again. You talking about episode seven or episode eight? The whole thing. There we oh. go. <laughs> I loved it. I, I think I think Nora's still getting over some of her shit a little bit in this one. Like, she in- gets that, like, there's always that piece of score that comes in when somebody's going through, like, a really emotional, like, over you know, or achievement or whatever. They're, they're, they're passing that next kind of hurdle. Like it's the same score. Yeah. It's from season one, but it's when like Matt is talking to God on the boat or when Nora's like going up the hill after the scapegoat. Damn. That's so and That sort of becomes my issue is like, it doesn't feel like eight is a, is final. Oh. Seven felt finite to me. Eight feels oh. like it's opening up a can of worms that we could keep exploring. Like it should have been the first episode of this season or something? Like it would be the first episode of season four. Ooh. Yeah, but I don't want to mm. watch that show. Mm. I don't want to see Kevin and yeah, Nora just like in love together for like a whole season. Mm, I do. But also- If that was it, I would have been like, man, yeah, I wish they'd stopped at season three. That episode seven was great. Um... I, again, I just think that ending the show in kind of a bummer is not how you complete this beautiful story. I don't know. I, I, I that's yeah, but just I mean, my... like again, I again, I don't feel like it's a bummer. I feel like it's the most positive moment in the show. I just loved all the, the the creativity so much that it, like I was happy with where it ended up. I love the pair of like seven I, and eight both. Yeah, yeah. I didn't think about the the story as much as just the like 
creativity, however. We just we're just spoiled. Everyone is yeah. Killing it. We it's not like we're treading like incredibly new territory with archetypes and certain story elements and such, but um but we're treated to like a really beautiful no. ta- take I mean, yeah, on I've never a lot seen of a show conventional that's just about getting over grief. Yeah. Like it's pretty intense. Although, yeah, have you ever seen Six real. Feet Under? Oops, that's the next but, show we're doing. <laughs> what, what did the group think about Kevin pretending to not know Nora? Because that was a weird moment for me because I'm trying to piece together the mystery. So that, I'm thinking like, Nora's it. gone somewhere else. Now she's in some other dimension. There's a weird Kevin. And when it was like, oh no, he just like wanted to do that or whatever, I felt cheated. Agreed. I felt like storytelling Lindelof was just fucking playing with us and it didn't really connect. I was that's the most annoying thing to me about that last episode is like I just I don't understand why enough. I don't it just feels like not no. What? Well, I think he I, I remember himself. that I remember that throwing me the first time, but knowing that that was how it went this time, it was a lot more fun to watch it was fun to watch yeah did you guys know yeah, owen is yeah. in his cradle he has a cradle <laughs> <laughs> the cradle of love um in before we lost all the shit we were talking about earlier for this for episode seven we talked about how the fisher protocol is actually a real life proposal oh, yeah. if somebody proposed it for in in real life so that the president uh might have to commit murder with his own hands to acknowledge and consider the reality of taking innocent uh, an innocent life rather than allowing the act of releasing weapons in uh that's going to murder gazillions. Yeah. And then we talked a little bit about how David Burton actually misquoted Machiavelli in uh in the episode when he tells Kevin that uh the armed prophets need to be conquered or whatever. The qu- the actual quote was kind of a reversal of that and it got us talking a little bit about the reversal of the the hotel world and uh that it could be a mirror how world. it could be a mirror world um, yeah it has looking to, yeah because i do the mirror thing in this episode right yeah yeah um, oh yeah. that's why owen you needed to say that in our well, previous recording that? that's what i well i wasn't connecting when they said mirror world between the hotel that's what i was asking what is there another thing that no, gave I, us always an think, example I of thought that? of that like 30 seconds after we were done with that conversation <laughs> like i always have my best ideas 30 seconds later well perfect now oh, you I'm got it oh it, oh it benefits from recording a podcast <laughs> <laughs> yeah apparently you, you, you solved my mind Kevin. Um, oh boy <laughs> uh let's see what else did we do the f- oh the flashback the flashback in the bathtub was Justin Thoreau's final scene shot for the whole series oh. with he and uh, Nora in the bathtub talking about their weird deaths, what they would do with their bodies and shit. That threw, oh, me, yeah. threw me off so Also, hard. today is the actual day we're recording this is Justin Thoreau's birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Birthday <laughs> The Russian assassin that pulls Kevin out of the ocean naked says to him, you killed my father, you killed my mother, you killed my brother, and now I'm going to kill you, Kevin Harvey. Yikes. We also learned that Kevin puts on... Birthday boy! Oh, yeah. we all... Hey, We learned that Kevin puts on the sweatpants from season one, episode one, <laughs> in the hut, in the beach hut, and it's also the sweatpants that Justin Thoreau uh, famously... 
paparazzi pictures of his dingles yeah. very chunkly through those pants. Also, when we found that out during the first recording, this was still playing the pilot. There you go. <laughs> Um, also, <laughs> and the and the fact that Damon Lindelof was doing it on purpose. I was just going to gonna say that him. to okay. mess with him, yeah, because um, it makes him uncomfortable. It made him uncomfortable. That's why there's all the penis references. We and talked stuff. about how the shattered mirror Kevin picks up is reminiscent of the shard glass that Patty used to kill herself. Um, mm-hmm. We talked about Patty potentially using Ukraine, Ukrainian separatists as the scapegoat to bring about the end of the world, being kind of like um, potentially because of her Jeopardy. Rival and correctly guessing what is the Ukraine. Uh, we talked about Evie's being um, not knowing what or thinking that her family died in a drone strike. Yeah, like the, another one for the mirror world concept yeah. potentially. Um, the portrait of Kevin hanging in the Situation Room shows him standing in front of a picture of guilty remnant members holding letters spelling "Stop wasting your breath." Oh, that's cool. Um, the communications officer's name tag says S. Lyons. This may allude to the French sailor who launched the nuclear missile <gasps> in It's a Matt, 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 Matt world, whose name <gasps> tag read P. Lion. Interesting. Whoa. Um, like Kevin Sr.'s appearance in International Assassin, where Kevin Sr. talks about specific circumstances Kevin Jr. would have no way of knowing about, such as Kevin Sr. taking a drug called God's Tongue, Christopher Sunday's appearance seems to support the hotel world being real rather than a psychological construct, as it is unclear how Kevin would know what Chris looked like. Interestingly, and what he already told his dad. Both of these interactions occur through screens rather than in person. Damon Lindelof has stated his belief that Kevin Sr. was communicating with Kevin Jr. through the dream time. It is certainly feasible that Christopher Sunday likewise continued to exist in the dream time after his death, which would be in accord with Aboriginal tradition. <gasps> Notably, he seems to be the only person besides Kevin and Patty who is aware of the real world. Yeah, that's something. We never circle back to that nuclear attack, huh? What? No, because because I guess it just like blew up a a volcano. It happened. It happened. Yeah. Wow, that's going to have some impact in this. No, I mean, wasn't that what was flying over at the end of the episode? What do you mean? That the, that was oh. a nuclear attack. We're talking about the French guy who did the bomb. Oh, the French guy who blew up the volcano, volcano the submarine. Yeah, was that not related to like all the missiles flying and Kevin and Patty I don't think are so. watching at the end? I don't think so either. Oops, am I wrong? I don't think so, but maybe? How are, how are they not related? I mean, the fact that they're talking about nuclear stuff in that because in his head, sure. And that, this one was a lot. And they're talking about a submarine, too. So who knows? Who knows? Maybe there's something we're not one. connecting there. Um, but Alana and I were talking about how it's interesting that Evie doesn't realize that she's dead. And, and a lot of people the don't. Opposite happened. And Patty didn't realize she was dead either, really. The first time. Yeah, which is how the people this feel in the the two percent feel in the other world with nora same thing right and also we talked about a little bit in the lost the lost version of this podcast well it's interesting that like holy is what's that did everyone who disappear did everyone who poofed oh did they die uh, die yeah and they're in their own like version of this purgatory and did nora die and go to that version of 
of purgatory for herself. And the reason why uh, I don't or think did we all die. Oh, I just real I just remembered the reason why I don't think the the people the two percent of the people that disappeared died is because nobody who disappeared has been in hotel world in hotel world at all. Yeah. Including the kids without their shoes, because they just died naturally out in the desert or whatever. And also, remember... Yeah, um, but that's like Kevin's... We're only seeing Kevin's version of this. Yeah, but even in Kevin's... I think everyone is... He didn't lose anybody. But even in Kevin's... He's not looking for anybody in his purgatory. But remember in Kevin's world, there was that woman who had the heart in the medical container and she was trying to get into the hotel to get the heart to someone. The moments that were not about Kevin. There were people that were also going on their afterlife journeys all around Kevin. Yeah. Um, So we were led to believe that it's not just Kevin's Kevin's. hotel. Yeah. I think there's a reality to what's happening, but I don't know that that's like a definition of like, oh, that's reality or whatever. I think they're all kind of metaphoric variations intentionally. I think we're meant to I question all of this. So. Scene is going on behind you right now. Ooh, listen to this. There seems to be two different versions. <laughs> there seems to be two different versions of the romance novel, possibly reflecting the divide in Kevin's emotions. In the excerpt Dean reads, the protagonist plans to use the merciful to find his love, whereas in the ending Kevin reads, the protagonist obtains the obtains the merciful to escape and be alone. That's really cool. Oh, interesting. What interesting detail. Um, Kevin killing... Brett, I love that you were kind of close when you thought he would go back to that place and pick the priest outfit. <laughs> yeah. I know. Um, Kevin killing his twin to save the better part of himself calls back to the question Dr. Eden asked Nora in G'day Melbourne about killing one twin so the other can cure cancer. Oh, shit. Whoa. Holy, wait a second. Holy shit. Wow. That's cool. Yeah, but which one is the bad twin? I know. <laughs> Kevin Sr. and Jr. sitting on the roof. Wait, after wait, the- wait, wait, wait. What? Kevin killed. How does that connect? Bad uh, twin, the novel written by the author who got sucked into the jet engine when Oceanic A15 crashed <laughs> on the island. Oh, dear. Um, well, it's just kind of like something to think about more than like a definitive connection. But what I liked from that, I thought it was more connected to his father saying that Jesus had a twin brother. No, that was what God said. And one of them died or sorry, God. Yeah, to, that's right. That's right. That's right. Um, wait, but what I think is, I thought that was more connected to that. It could be. What was interesting about that is the one person who said, I don't remember who said it. What, what would the other twin do? Like, if one of them would grow up to kill, cure cancer, what would the other do? And I think that makes it apply more to Kevin's story for me. I mean, yeah, I'm not saying it doesn't. I'm just saying it's not a definitive connection. But, sure, sure, sure. But yeah, everything's sure, sure. so connected in the show, I wouldn't doubt that there's some kind of, you know, writer's also, room his, fun shit His all-white version killed his, like, black suit version, right? Yeah, his yeah. remnant. Yeah, to give the key. To yeah, launch so it's the, definitely, the bombs. Yeah, it's overcoming his dark stuff. Damon Lindelof said that Grace Playford went to jail after the events of the show, but probably got six months of jail time and 10 years of community service because the judge in that jurisdiction hated Yarborough because he was an infamous asshole. Yarborough's the cop? Kevin, yeah. 
uh, Lindelof believes that Kevin Sr. either fled Australia before he could be arrested for assaulting Officer Gerard, Gerard or was merely deported. Officer Gerard Sturtstein. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right. Well, anyway, what a fucking great episode. Wow. Love that we got Kevin saying, like, I never want to fucking come back here again. And yeah. to that, I, my theory is, is that if he dies again, he won't be able to come back to life. Yeah, if he dies again, he's dead. Is he how I felt. I think about he, it. he doesn't have to go through that unfinished business. Yeah, stage. I think he mm-hmm. just goes straight to wherever Patty went when you know. And it was such a good moment with him and his dad, where his dad was like, "I thought I lost you." Loved that. Yes. Well, I love that he like basically like ran away because he was too afraid of the flood, but like John and Michael stayed with him. It shows that he was like he really was scared of this flood. He really did believe it was going to destroy the world. And just like the woman at the beginning of the season going up on top of the roof thinking the world was going to end, it just kind mm-hmm. of like it was his roof moment where he was just like, fuck, none of this is real. And like, what do I do now? Um, really, really interesting moment. I um, love that. Loved it. For consistency, can I tell you my themes? Sure, let's get your themes, girl. Your final themes for The Leftovers. Yeah, my final themes for Seven are interesting having heard your and Brett's feelings. Yeah. <laughs> my themes were the idea that you're focusing on the wrong thing and bravely addressing yourself and making peace within you. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you, Alana. We love your thoughts. We love oh, your thanks. prayers. That's well, I was your thinking, baby. Uh, That's not your baby. I was thinking, <laughs> why take on me for that episode? Me too, actually. Yeah, and then I was thinking about the lyrics, and it's like, take on me, take me on, I'll be gone in a day or two. That's, oh, that's what it is. That's fun. I like that. When did that play again? I just remember in the episode it. where Nora is, talks to the scientists and like the scientists are playing it on the piano and then Kev, it's oh, playing right, in the right, library right, right. when you Kevin think it's just a little Evie. a little droplet of I'll be gone for us. I mean, I they they well, love but then there's it. A, there's an eighties thing with like white lines from last season. Yeah, and stuff oh, like that. interesting. And, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. All right, let's jump into the book of Nora, which is such a great. Yeah, let's title. jump right into clips. Oh, wait, what do you want to talk about? <laughs> wait, the episode is Fuck called you, Brett. Book of Nora? Yeah, the finale yeah, I didn't know that. of I the show it. is called The Book of yeah, Nora. Yeah, first one is Book of Kevin, and last one is Book of Nora. <gasps> I love oh, it. did you read the episode description? I'm sure oh, we've said yeah. it before. Oh, yeah, the episode oh, description. Do you have it, Owen? I have it. It's my, f- did it's you my read favorite it, thing ever, ever. Let's see. Did you, did you see the phone. description of the last episode on HBO, Brett? Wait, 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 wait. Listen, listen. Everybody listen. We, we died laughing when we pulled up yeah, the episode same. to watch wait, it. Wait, I want to pay attention to what you're saying, but listen. Take on me. I'm going to read the lyrics real quick. Take on me. <laughs> take on me is the chorus. I'll be gone in a day or two. The second verse is, so needless to say, I'm odds and ends, but I'll be stumbling away, slowly learning that life is okay. Say after me, it's no better to be safe than sorry. Yeah, that's perfect. Oh, it yeah. really is. It's perfect. Those motherfuckers. But I feel like that lines up with the themes of episode seven. Yeah, for yeah. sure. For sure. That's okay. great. Okay. Um, Moving on. That comes pretty close to what I think is the most well-known and most complicated pop song ever. <laughs> and yet no one's ever, everyone knows the lyrics. 
and no one's ever stopped to think about what it means. Which song? <laughs> Take on me. Oh, Bohemian, Bohemian Rhapsody. Rhapsody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, interesting. Um, all right, you no, want to read yeah. it? <laughs> a lot. Oh, interesting. Well, I've, I've, I went through a moment <laughs> like that where I was like, how come I've never thought about these lyrics before? And I thought about Those them, and lyrics? I don't know. Um, Do you want to hear the finale? What about another song people don't talk about the lyrics of? Miracle. All right. You want to hear the finale it's description? It's just noise to me and Owen. Oh, you don't hear the miracle song? Discord does not oh, play I it hate well. It. Yeah. Oh. All right. Everyone has to be very quiet. What is the description of the Book of Nora on HBO? The description is series finale. Nothing is answered. Everything is answered. And then it ends. <laughs> it's perfect. It's so perfect. <gasps> Little butt. Um, <laughs> all right. It should also <laughs> say unnecessary, period. Oh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> Hashtag Team Brett. That, that just... That could only come from the guy who wrote Lost. I know. Book of Brett. <laughs> exactly. We'll call it, it Book of Brett, Book of, of Steve. Um, Nor- like his episode description for the finale of his next series was, hey, everyone, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. Especially when... How close, um, how close is this to the end of Lost? Not close. Not close. Like a decade. Maybe 10 like. years. Season yeah. one and was like maybe like... A couple years after Lost, at least, uh, and two I, was like a couple years after that. More but then than a couple, was like several years. Well, what year right? did the Until last came out? I was wrong, by the way. I think it was last week or the week before. I said 2006, and I meant 16. Uh, Oops, I'm visual, so I was seeing the um, six, but I didn't speak the one <laughs> about the Book of visual, Nora, guys. Visual. This is the longest episode of the show, the finale. I like a long finale. HBO's not. Oh, we already read that. Um, in a rare gesture, HBO promised not to give the producers any notes on the finale. Whoa, whoa. Um, as a potential, <laughs> as a pot- Oh, I don't know if you that's guys in, know this. Oh, oh, it's frozen, right? Or just this me? whole episode feels like a producer's note. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna kick like, you out of here, Brett. Happy. Um, as I love Brett. Book of Brett, Book of Steve, guys. I need a vote. D- after all that grief, if you don't have some happiness, that's what I said. I you I need it. it. That's what I said. You need it. If there's no proof that that much emotional torture <laughs> that you can still come out good on the other side, like you need it. I think we need Listen, Owen. For I, I our think next... you're going to be shocked at the amount of people that side with me here. Guys. We need Owen for our next <laughs> like project with this. Well, that's why we... Just because of how he is uh-huh. on video. He's just like, Tiny in the corner, totally sideways. <laughs> um, the script direction. Whatever. F- That's why we love Brett. Brett is always surprising. <laughs> yeah, he's never, true. He really he is. Never really stu- true. He really is. Yeah. Uh, I never like what I like. God bless him. I love no, it. No, I know, but that's but the, it's exciting. Because Super I have, exciting. There's a. F- okay, I learned that I have friends that are well. Brett's also Brett, reliable, Brett, but Brett. most of my friends are <laughs> less reliable Brett, and more Brett, entertaining. <laughs> Interesting. I like to be both. I towed the line. Yeah, you got both. Good work, buddy. The the script's direction (laughs) for the moment when Nora opens her mouth, when before the liquid covers her face, says, and she opens her mouth almost as if she's about to shout something at the top of her air-starved lungs, and we smash to blue. Director Mimi Leader said of her discussions with Carrie Coon, 
Our discussions were, let's do it as if you are not going out, at least until the very last second. And then I did have her do takes where she does yell something just to get the first syllable. Parada said that Leader and Kuhn had given them both versions to use, and we'll see in the editing room which one makes sense. Cool. It did make me uncomfortable how casual she was about the fact that that was filling up with water. I loved that whole sequence. Me it was too. so intense and yeah, so terrifying. Great. Incredible. So lost. <laughs> the script says that Nora so, is maybe... So watchman. <laughs> the script says that Nora is maybe 50 in the future sequence. If what? Nora was what? If Nora was born in November 18th, 1979, this would place the sequence circa 2029 or 2030. If Kevin Sr. was born in January 26, 1941, as seen on the wanted poster in Crazy Whitefella Thinking, his 91-year-old age in the future sequence world placed the time frame circa 2032. And there is like a future car. Did you see Kevin's future yeah. car? Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah, what but I love that they, they mostly have it with her in the wilderness on a bike, so like yeah. you don't need to do all that stuff. Yeah, I love that. What were the years they were born once again? It seems like Nora was born November 18th, 1979. And Kevin was born? I don't know. Kevin Sr. Didn't was just, born in oh, 1941. Kevin, oh, okay. I know you didn't say senior. I, was I know like, you Kevin didn't. I'm wasn't like, born in fucking 1942. I was like, excuse me? Uh, let's see. The sequence of Nora making the egg sandwich was initially scripted to be a recurring calming ritual for Nora. She was first supposed to be seen preparing and eating an egg sandwich in the middle of the reused material from the Book of Kevin. After the birds return, but before Nora leaves to deliver them to the church, she again... Wait, in the middle of the reused material of the Book yeah, of... I don't know what, what that means. She again does it's... so after her oh, call to Lori. You Is see it footage a from shots a different from episode? the first episode. Oh, that's right. That's right. Oh, I don't And remember. they were going to intercut it with some more egg sandwich of... Eggs! Dude, this I guy's know, got an egg I know, that's issue. why I was really fu having fun with the egg moment Man, here. this guy... Um, Let's see. This guy eats some eggs. <laughs> after the birds Let's return, but Nora leaves to deliver them to the church. She again does so after her call to Lori, but something is bothering her and then proceeds to lock the doors and windows. The first sequence was seemingly removed, whereas the second was presumably moved earlier, uh, edited in after Nora returns home after hearing the nun tell her about Kevin, transitioning into her packing to flee. Um, as an organic stall that thematically made sense, writer Patrick Somerville initially pitched the idea of Kevin introducing at himself as a wholly different person, Bill Smith. See, that makes more sense but to me. But Lindelof refined it to him, claiming to be a version of Kevin who has not seen Nora since the dance. Hmm. Um, that, it w the, the main reason that sh it's in there that way is so he, I remember the first time watching it being like, Okay, I, what reality is this even yeah, at this that's point? True. You know, is this just the future? Right. Is this a version where is this where the a different place from the where the two percent went? Is or this is a, this a her hotel, hotel world yeah. that's like, different from Kevin's and yeah, yeah, all sorts of shit. Yeah, it says here. I the understand they're not wanting to commit to, uh, like confirming that there's another world where the two percent went. Yeah. However. I feel like I'd be more in for that. If we just, if Nora went into the ball, it filled with water, and then she woke up and we saw that journey to get to her family. 
and we basically saw her family grown up and that they're happy now and that she had to face I guess I'm just leading to a, a, a sad conclusion again, but <laughs> yeah, I really want to see that. I want to see that as opposed to hearing her explain it. But this is what I we really said. See it's that. sadder that way. But and this is it what needs we... to be. Ha- oh, sorry. No, 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 no. Okay, I'm going to speak. This is what we said in the first recording, I think. Watch out, that's the I know, I know. Alana. Can you say your name before you speak? Alana. <laughs> this is what we said in the first oh. recording, though, isn't it? When Steve said that he had looked it up and Damon Lindelof originally was having Nora narrate like we saw that shot of her narrate what happened to her. And originally we were going to see also visually like shots of right. that experience. Oh but, yeah. we. But they decided yeah. to stay with just her narration because but, she had such a powerful cut to it while she was telling the story. I'm saying, yeah. I think that they could have committed to it. We could have gone through that whole journey with Nora. It could have been really heart wrenching and awful. And then she could have gone to like, the sheriff or the police department uh you know thinking of kevin and just sit outside the police department and then like kevin could literally have walked up at that point and been like i talked to right. matt he told me you know what i mean like oh give me like, like he went over with her with you think that's what, and he's like i, I came here for was. you and he's like all of this happened and i came here for you and then we in the show and i would have been much happier yeah, do you think maybe that's why you didn't love it? Is because in your heart, that's what you were hoping, already were kind of expecting, and it was. I don't different. think. I mean, that was definitely something I thought after I watched it, where I just, I just wasn't satisfied with Kevin coming, like looking for her all these years, going to Australia at every vacation, and then when mm-hmm. he finds her, he's not comfortable talking to her. You know, as if they know each other. Like he has to put on this front. It's just very strange. It doesn't feel right. Yeah, I think to it's. Me. It I doesn't think feel right within the show. The reason why weird. I love you, it right, is never, because you've never drunkenly called up an ex. It's weird, man. You don't know why. <laughs> you don't know who you are anymore. You don't remember who you were then. The reason why I no, love I've like it... angrily texted exes, but it's always like, hey, it's me. <laughs> Fuck hey, you. I just remembered. I'm still. I'm hammered. You. Fuck you. That's the the reason why I love it so much is because, like, I think it's yeah. such a Kevin idea to be like. That's true. I'm just gonna like pretend like the last time we saw each other was at that dance, because that's what the difference is. It ends up being much more about just seeing the two of them interact. That's a more important finale, right? Than seeing whatever that place potentially was but also yeah. i honestly I just... don't feel like we got enough of them together to justify that ending no i know but i felt better this time that i was glad that we weren't cutting away to something else because i i felt so much more like emotion from like i just want to see the two of them together all right let's you know? wait let's save more of our deeper discussion for the emails because there is we're 20... still recording right? yeah. you have to have a happy there ending is... to this fucking show there... brett Okay, so listen, there's 23 emails and we're at the hour mark and we still haven't gotten the Ooh, clips yet. And we have 23 yet. clips. And we haven't gotten the clips yet. So I just want to get really quickly through what Damon Lindelof said about the big divide in the writer's room about whether Lori killed herself or not. Mm. And I guess like after, oh, good. after they debated about it quite a bit, it says that he was initially 95% sure that Lori was dead but after seeing the way Amy Brennerman played the scene in Certified, he became far less certain. He and the writers then realized that by not being honest with Jill and Tom about where she was, 
Lori was defeating the idea of making a potential scuba death look like an accident. Exactly. Ultimately, That's what I said. when the rioters needed Nora to call someone after Kevin first shows up in the episode, the two options they considered were Erica and Lori, and they eventually decided Lori was the stronger option. Per Lindelof, I think the intention on our behalf always was that Lori was going to go, well, Nora didn't have a good relationship with John, really. Um, I think that the intention of on our behalf always was that Lori was going to go scuba diving and she would decide when she was under the water whether or not she would turn the knob. But going scuba diving is her way of testing her own resolve after having said goodbye to Kevin and Nora for what she believes to be probably the last time. Um, That's ep- her ho- hotel or her right, other side. Her journey. Whatever. The episode generally avoids the issue of addressing how technology has advanced in the show's future by well taking done. place in a very isolated, technology-free setting. However, the Telst- Telstra payphone Nora uses is solar-powered, as specified in the script. Cool. And the script describes Lori's cell phone as slightly but distractingly futuristic. Whoa. It is mostly obscured by Lori's hand in the final edit, only briefly glimpsed in one quick angle. Whoa. Whoa, I want to see that. Me too. Um, the idea that Kevin and Nora's date takes place at a wedding was writer Nick Cuse's idea, inspired by Jason Reitman's 2009 film Up in the Air in which George Clooney and Vera Farmiga's characters attend the wedding of Clooney's character's sister. Um, let's see. Their scripts. Their script, That's what it was inspired by, that movie? I guess so. There's Random. script bits that were cut from the film. You guys want, or from the episode. You want to hear about this or should we just move on? Yes. The script as shared in Vulture's Making Of article features some minor additional dialogue which was cut from the episode during Kevin and Nora's talk at the wedding. After Did you say there were Vulture's Making Out that got cut? No, Vulture <laughs> Vulture's Making Of article. The Vulture wrote an article. Um, he goes on to say... Wait, how do I send you guys this picture of her futuristic song? <gasps> you found it? I was oh, looking. Uh, Dang. Well, you, well uh, how do hold we get... It up to the, it the hold it oh, up no. to the camera. Put it on your phone and hold it up so that the audience can see it, or too. Or put it in chat. chat well, works. I just want the audience to see it, too, because if we just talk about it, that's not fun. Um, <gasps> Brett, sh- chat show, it to the, show it to the camera. Great. Hold on. I'm going to yeah. take a picture of this. Um... It says here that while uh, after noting that Mary really loved Matt, Kevin adds right up to the end. um, Kevin adds right up to the end. He goes on to say, and Noah, what a sweet kid. Oh, can you see it there? Yeah. I can't really tell. It's like a good shot. Does it it look futuristic? That's about the best you can see. Curvy. Uh, let's see. Yeah. Lindelof assigned the writers to think of an animal-centric ritual for the wedding. In a rare instance of two pitches making their way into the show, Carly Rae's idea to incorporate Nora's pigeons delivering messages of love and Leela Bayok's idea of a scapegoat championed by Tom Parada. Fuck yes to women. Both became wedding rituals reflecting the bride and the groom's point of view. Cool. You ever seen a goat get killed? It's no, like, that'd be weird. Love. That was and my favorite part sin. of this episode. According to Lindelof on set, Justin Thoreau <laughs> and Carrie Coon decided, oh, dance to Dolly Parton's I Will Always Love You. But Lindelof ultimately decided that the selection was too saccharine for the scene. 
However, the vulture making of article once again claims that they danced to Bob Seger's We've Got Tonight on set and the song was abandoned when Mr. Robot used the song five days after the shoot. Oh, okay. Plus, there's a really iconic dancing scene in The Bodyguard where they dance too. Oh, I, I can't wait to watch that movie. Whoa, Mimi Leader shot takes of the dance without any guests surrounding Kevin and Nora as if everyone else had disappeared. A few seconds of this footage made it into the episode. <gasps> That's awesome. Oh. That's cool. Love that. Um, The scene of Nora calling the nun a fucking liar was the final day of location shooting on the series. <laughs> Carrie Coon did the stunt of rolling down the hill herself. Dang, girl. How uh, fucking steep was that hill? <laughs> I mean, they really made it look steeper for sure. In the, it looked in the... like Princess Bride. <laughs> yeah. Um, after taking it's the what, beads, I, representing... I always have an issue with the trope of like they roll down the hill and then they can just try harder and walk back up it. Yeah. It's a great. It's great imagery, though. Yeah, you would actually make it like less each time, right? And they were making a point. <laughs> yeah, it just feels like it feels like they're wasting our time. I don't want to just totally be negative. Metaphor. I know, I know. The script included first time. The script included an additional line during the scene when Kevin tells Nora about his annual trips to Australia, and I tell everybody back home that I'm going horseback riding or mountain climbing, climbing, or going on these adventure trips because I'm too ashamed to tell them that I'm looking for you. This would have made clear that Lori did not know that Kevin was looking for Nora, making her withholding of the information that Nora was alive less cruel. However, Justin Thoreau did not want to say the line, feeling that the information was already implied in the scene. Really? On set, after a few takes during which Thoreau was clearly uncomfortable with the line, Lindelof allowed him to stop including it. The scene in the episode is made up of the stronger later takes, and Lindelof decided that to include the line from one of the earlier takes would be betraying Thoreau, so it was left out. Excuse me. When Damon Lindelof first met Tom Parada, Lindelof asked if Parada knew where the departed went, and Parada replied that he honestly didn't think about it. Lindelof said that to work on the show, he needed his own answer, even if they never told it. While shooting the pilot, Lindelof came up with the idea that The Departed flipped, occupying a version of the same physical space where they lost the 98%. On location for the pilot, Lindelof asked director Peter Berg to shoot an alternate version of the opening departure sequence depicting the flip side where baby Sam remains and his mother's voice on the phone abruptly cuts off. And then a father is heard yelling for his son. When Berg asked why, Lindelof proposed that this might be the way to end the series. However, Berg said that they were losing light and didn't have time to get the shot. (laughs) Fucking Pete. Dude, I love Pete Berg so much. Wow, imagine if the show yeah. ended like that. I'm not surprised. That would have been yeah, so the, rad. I can imagine. Yeah, but that's the whole theme of the show is all the ambiguities. Yeah. This, at the start of writing season three, Damon Lindelof held two weeks of pre-room meetings with Tom Parada, Tom Speziali, and Patrick Somerville to determine the course of the season. Even before that, Lindelof had agreed with HBO that the central journey of the season, and perhaps the whole show, would be Nora's. 
The first thing written on the whiteboard during the pre-room sessions was Nora, Nora, Nora. (laughs) They had decided on the action moving to Australia, inspired largely by the influence of that movie Picnic at the Hanging Rock. Um, Tom Speziali had brought in as influences. Oh, he brought them in as influences. That's great. And taking place leading up to the seven-year anniversary with the possibility of the end of the world. Although they toyed with the idea of actually ending on some sort of apocalyptic event, they decided the human themes and the idea of what happens when an expected apocalypse fails to materialize were far more interesting, leading to cognitive dissonance becoming a major theme in the season. Damon Lindelof said that the initial two through lines conceived for the final season were Kevin learning that Matt had written a gospel about him and becoming a reluctant messiah, influenced in part by the 1979 Monty Python religious satire Life of Brian, an idea which Lindelof and Parada conceived the bare bones of even before the pre-room, and Nora being told about the LADR machine. The writers also knew that they wanted Kevin and Nora to have a huge fight and break up, but ultimately end up together. Uh, The initial inspiration for the machine was David Cronenberg's The Fly, and thus the second thing added to the pre-room ideas was whiteboard the Brundlefly Vaporizer, referencing the name of the lead character from the film, Seth Brundle. The initial plan for the LADR storyline was to actually show Nora going through and to definitively answer the question of where the 2% went, actually showing you the flip universe. While all the other writers were on board, Tom Parada was adamantly opposed to ever definitively answering the question of where the departed went, feeling it was analogous to the mystery of where we go when we die. Parada managed to sway the rest. Analogous. Parada managed to sway the rest of the room to his side, and Patrick Somerville proposed the compromise of Nora telling someone the story of the other place over tea, leaving it to the audience to decide whether or not her story is true. Sounds like I had a whole like twelve angry men. Yeah, seriously, that's what I pictured. Nora Makes Tea was then added to the whiteboard. Once the full writer's room assembled, the rest of the season was reverse engineered and the goal of reaching the Nora Makes Tea scene. That's great. Uh, Rundlefly was my first Counter-Strike name. (laughs) That's great. Other early notes on the pre-room whiteboard include MLB, referring to Mark Lynn Baker, Nora's Guide to the LADR Western, a note on the tone they were going for, and John Murphy Believer, a note on the direction to take the character. An ultimately abandoned idea was Nora and Lori going to Jacksonville, a planned bonding road trip to Florida, which would have set up their therapist-patient relationship. Other very early notes from the pre-room, which never came to pass, include a huge massacre occurring after the seven-year anniversary comes and goes, but before Nora goes through the machine. Nora gets vaporized, and Kevin comes two days later and goes after her. Whoa! He uses the machine? Leaving the audience to wonder whether both characters are alive or dead. Kevin uses the hotel from International Assassin to find Nora after she dies, and the possibility that Nora is also a shaman. And Kevin staging his crucifixion and laying low... Shaman, sorry. And Kevin staging his crucifixion and laying low as a grief-stricken messiah who never went through after Nora. Another idea Lindelof had, which was quickly rejected, was to have Kevin and Nora rescue a dog and then have to stand by while it was euthanized. What the what? fuck? 
After, not so much on the dog. After yeah, agreeing that Nora would lose Lily to Christine, reinforcing Nora's isolation and eliminating the technical issues of bringing a child actress to Australia, the pre-room writers decided that Nora would tell the story of her trip to the other place to a teenaged Lily who had tracked her down. Later in the full writer's room, it became obvious that the more satisfying arc would be an aged Nora telling the story to Kevin. Wow. Dude, I think it's better if it's Lily. I mean, look, you represent some of the people in the writer's room, You represent the Lollipop Guild. You represent the Lollipop Guild. Guild. I think you represent the part of the writer's room that was like, yeah, do that. But the other part was the one that won over, I guess. But Yeah, I I represent the sad half of the writer's room where we're like, we wrapped up Kevin's story perfectly (laughs) in seven. Now we have to wrap up Nora's story. And Nora's story is directly tethered to Lily because is Nora's it? family's gone. But is it though? Because she the only had Lily set up, for like and that's maybe what two we're years. Doing here. So we have to introduce Lily back to her. That's a really, that to me would have been really like a difficult ending to write, which always is like uh, the most interesting thing for me to watch is something that I feel like would have been really challenging to execute. Um, Lindelof. Not to side with Brett, but it definitely doesn't pass the Bechtel test. <laughs> what, what does it? Why? Nora's story. Nora and Lily talking about her saying. No, no, her no. Family. This version. Oh, Nora, yeah. Yeah. Would, yeah, with Kevin doesn't pass the Bechtel test. But the test. show does, so. Why? Why doesn't it? Am I just tired? Yeah. You know no. what I love? Nope, no answer. Bechtel oh, wait. Test. No, no, no. Oh. Because Bechtel Nora test. and Lori only talk about Kevin, right? Yeah, if Nora's, oh. if the finality of, of Nora's story is, involves oh, a guy. There I go again. Yeah, if the I'm always nervous story... that Alana has departed when she pops in and out of Discord like that. <laughs> yeah, whatever, you get it. Apparently. All right, oh, like. Lindelof says that he knows 100% whether or not Nora is lying. The writers had an internal conversation so that there would be no question whatsoever about their intention. We have a unanimous feeling as to which one of those realities is real, and we will never, ever say. This which, is what, Which one of which realities? About, about what Nora was, Nora's experience. What are you doing? I can't figure it out. Click the, click, first of all, end that. I know, I don't know how. Just click the red hang-up button. Oh. And then click on the, yeah, there we go. Perfect. Oh, okay, thanks. All right. Um, this is what oh, Alana. Um, this Welcome is what back. really happens. Oh, Kevin yeah, believes or says he believes the story. the story. Oh, you got it. Oh, can you, you hear you that? Hear that? You get it. You get it. Jesus, Jesus, Mary, Lord. Joseph. That's what. Uh, let's see. Ugh, Jesus, this is what really happened. <laughs> Kevin believes or says he believes the story. That's the whole point of the series. That's what religion is. On set, after watching Kuhn perform the second take, Lindelof turned to Parada and said. I think I believe her. The morning after the scene was shot, Lindelof said, I was trying to put aside my expectations for the scene and just be there, but the prevailing emotional sentiment that started to push through the day was, how big of a deal is this do I believe her or not thing is going to be? If I could build a machine that could tell people how to think, it would essentially be that 50% of the people believe that what Nora is saying happened and 50% think she's making it up, but all 100% say it doesn't matter. The same morning, he added, let's say you wrote something that you knew was not true, 
but then somebody else recites it and they believe it. Does that make it true? Lindelof has also said, I that's think, what I was saying was the theme of the show. Lindelof has also said, great job. I think that the scene that she has with the nun, when she goes and confronts the nun before she crashes on her bike is just as significant in terms of analyzing Nora's final story. It's just a nicer story. Um, Oh, but not just that scene. Also the scene that has that she has with Erica in Lens. Notably in the script, after the nun tells Nora it's just a nicer story, the stage direction says, let that sit there for a moment. It's a lesson, a moral. One that, at least for now, Nora won't fucking hear. Director, executive producer Mimi Leader told Lindelof she did not want to discuss whether or not Nora was telling the truth, and Carrie Coon never asked Lindelof or had any discussion about it. Lindelof feels that Kuhn is now more qualified to to answer the question than he is since she played the scene. Kuhn has said that she sat with both possibilities and did not have a strong instinctual reaction either way, feeling that each audience member's interpretation says more about them. Justin Thoreau believes the story is not true, but that Kevin decides not to care. Dang. That's so Kevin. It's totally true. Um, and Lindelof has said that he wanted every season finale to restate the conclusion of Tom Parada's book, which is that people can be okay again and form attachments after the departure. Oh, that's nice. This is the only time I felt that. Well, there you go. That's it. That's all she wrote. That's it. Uh, I really like um, Matt Libs. I know. I love yeah. Matt Libs. That was so sweet. That was a great, great thing. Um, all right. Well, do you guys want to jump into some clips? Hi. I do. Let's do it. Oh, shit. We got clips. Yeah. Again, please. All right. <laughs> Perfect. So here's the clips <laughs> from Brett Register. The first one's called Stuffed. I want to be stuffed. <laughs> Wonderful. Okay, I'll stuff you. <laughs> that's great. So let's get assassinated, like shall we? Uh, that's a good one. Wait, here to go. So let's get assassinated, shall we? And then here's the next one. <laughs> In the early days of our movement, it was mandatory that all members smoke cigarettes and refrain from speaking. But we realized those traditions were stupid. <laughs> I Go love fuck it. ourselves. I love it so much. <laughs> I love it. And I love, I love, it. I mean, even the conversation that Patty has with Kevin in the room about like how they have to end the world and shit. It's very much about the audience being like, we want the answers. We want a big ending. We want the, you know, we want a big thing. Mm-hmm. A lot of fun oh, shit there. Did you guys, did you guys talk about the surprise of Liv Tyler? How'd you think about no, that? No, we haven't, but it's so wonderful that she came back. And I love that. I think like, I was always happy to see her. There was no question because he was running in the the future guilty remnant, so all of his cabinet members would have to be people who were in the guilty remnant. So who were the top oh, guilty remnants true. for us? It would be Patty, and it would be Meg. Is her name right? Yeah, Meg. But I, Meg. I love mm. that. Like basically, Kevin is the president of the guilty remnant, and Patty is his second in command. President of the world. I mean, in the religion of but, guilty. But remnant. it's interesting because it's like you get to see everybody's kind of. Or like, he's just the guilty remnant candidate. But you just see that, sure, like yeah, you exactly. see that that 
Kevin is definitely like the king of the guilty remnant in this weird presidential thing. Politically, and for Patty sure. is still holding on to her like guilty remnant ideas, even in her like afterlife self. And um, Meg, Meg has has kind of made peace with it and is no longer really like that evil person anymore. In this afterlife, she's like, I love God now, and I think this is stupid. Oh God, you yeah. know, and I think that's great. I think that's I think everybody got some really fun, uh, really fun close-ups. All right, here's the next clip. We have one of the finalists from that contest here with us today. He's joined by his brothers and sisters for his essay titled. Why I don't need a mommy and a daddy anymore. <laughs> Why I don't need a mommy or a daddy anymore. All Get right. therapy from my mommy. <laughs> Next clip. Yes, sir. The door can only be unlocked by you and you alone, unless you have an identical twin brother, which would be ridiculous. <laughs> Here's another one. Now, your penis, please, sir. <laughs> now, what? Your penis. Place it on the other scanner, please, sir. Your penis. I, I love it so much. And now the sound of the penis. <laughs> I mean, that sounds like a body falling. <laughs> yeah. You help me. All right, next clip. You help me, Kevin. You help me, Kevin. You help me, Kevin. Kevin. I'm sensing I love a lot her so of internal much. contradictions from you, Kevin. Oh, everyone Kevin. needs to watch the discussion between Ann Dowd and Justin Thoreau. They just did a thing in quarantine where they revisited the leftovers. Yeah. And it's like a 30-minute conversation. It no one's moderating it. There's no host. It's literally just Justin Thoreau and Ann Dowd on a on a Zoom call just talking to each other. And their relationship is so fascinating. Well, they they love each other. They're basically like they, they talk about They're how cuties. they talk about how Kevin and Patty's story is basically a love story, and like and how like you know they needed each other the entire time and they helped each other and it's just really fascinating. Everybody, well, I think it out. he agreed with her and he could just never accept it. Yeah, same. He couldn't accept anything. Yeah, right until the seven until seven. Oui, my my camera's until looking seven. Like shit right Oui, my camera. All right. More clips. Here's the next one. Isn't it? Yeah, this one. You help me, Kevin. There it Kevin. is. And then we got some more Kevins. I'm sensing a lot of <laughs> internal contradictions from you, Kevin. <laughs> Kevin. I'm in love with the most wonderful man I have ever known. And who's that? His name is God. <laughs> They're Kevin. Identical cabins all the way. One pair of matching bookends, different as night and day. God bless. <laughs> she is survived at least temporarily by her terminally ill gecko, Matthew Jameson. His <laughs> 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 laugh. Um, his laugh. His laugh. And then his, the final his... clip. From the leftovers, entire series. Here it is. I like to get a little lost, you know. <laughs> <laughs> nice work, Chris. Well, you're Australian. Accurate. 
All right. You look like remember, you are lost. Remember when we said we were going to say in the middle of this what the next show is? Let's oh, yeah. just wait till the end. Oh, <laughs> just say it now. Because then we're going to just talk about it and talk about it. We're not going to get to emails. We okay. got 23 emails. Jesus. Like, what Mary. do you think we should do? Why Brett? don't you just say it and then we'll dive into emails? Oh, okay. We're doing Lovecraft County. Country. Watch it. Sunday. Donkey Kong Country. Lovecraft County. Lovecraft what, County. What? What? Um, really? I'm seeing Love Lovecraft Country. What thing is it going to be on? Oh, what oh, network? Did I mess that up? On the poster, it says Lovecraft Wait, Country. Wait, which network is it on? Which who's... HBO. Oh, it's HBO. on HBO. Okay, it's another HBO. Yeah, it's called Love Lovecraft Country, and it's in it's Lovecraft on, Country, and it's on HBO, and it's J.J. Abrams and Jordan Peele, and we're very excited. Gazinga! About it. We're gonna do one episode at a time because uh, you know it's a new show, right? Yeah, Sundays. Sundays. All well, right. Sundays is when they well, air, but the episodes the, will come out on Mondays. Back onto the emails. We're doing a yeah. quick. All right, let's get to some fucking emails. Look who's here. Fuck your daughter. <laughs> oh, that's nice. Mustard stain. Time for some emails. You don't need to explain, Kevin. All right. Oh my God. A party? Guys, I'm very excited. Oh, let's get our Sundays. Let's get our music. Lovecraft Country. Love Lovecraft Country is on Sunday Sundays, but the episodes will come out on Mondays. We gotta have some time to edit that shit down, motherfuckers. That was the same for Watchmen, right? No, I think we did two for Watchmen. Well, I mean, we started with like the first few, but I'm saying it was air- it aired on Sunday. Yes. Jake O'Rear sends an email saying, "My new favorite show. Hello, my B B B B B B boys and lady. My name is Jake, pronounced like Jake. I'm a first time. Ooh, I'm gonna need water. Do you have water? Can you put yeah. some water in here? Bye. I have to pee actually, you don't have to so go. I will. Well, I have to go pee pee. All right, great. You're gonna miss some emails. Is that well, okay? Well, you better read them loud. My name is Jake! <laughs> Pronounced like Jake. I'm a first-timer, though I've been a fan of Steve since 2012 and a fan of Brett since Talking Banter. What is that? I just hey, want to write in and say thank Owen, you. Where, you want to start Talking Banter again? <laughs> I'll give you a call. I just wanted to write in and say thank you for introducing me to my new favorite show. Everything about Leftovers scratches every itch I possibly have. The show and the podcast get me through my overnight shifts with ease. I started late, so I was lucky enough to binge all of it up until now. I'm so excited to hear you guys' theories on whether or not Nora really went to the other place. Thank you so much. A lot of did reading. we answer that? I feel like she definitely did, right? Yeah, Does but the audience like is kind of divided. Like, I've been... I've been um, lurking on the subreddit of the leftovers since the show aired and when the finale happened there was like a huge divide with people saying like oh it's obviously true oh no it's obviously fake and even to this day on the subreddit people still like kind of argue about it it's interesting i never question you know it's obvious it's obvious that it's a tv show <laughs> 
Um, let's see. Uh, anyway, thank Pleasure you all for the insightful content, and I love you all so much. With much love, Jake. Next email comes from Beto. Yay, Beto! Hello, Beto. you Beto. horny sacks of bliss. Your boys back and still tired. Here are my notes on the final two episodes. 307. The most unbelievable thing about this show is that Kevin remembers all those children's names. <laughs> well, he was a cop. <laughs> he was a cop, so he has to he, he has to be good at remembering names. Um, sound alert. I couldn't enlighten you with a fucking thousand watt bulb. That's a good one. I, we didn't get that one. I know this is not what we're here for, but President Kevin needed the face scan. The huge dong scan and the three questions, after which Australian bodyguard passed a key card. But Assassin Kevin only did the face and huge dong scan without the key card. Well, because the Secret Service people weren't there. They needed to verify one last time, but since they weren't there, they didn't get to. The two Kevins acting like children in front of Patty is fabulous. I cannot believe that scene exists in such a sad and depressing show. I love it. It's Beto. Beto's talking. Beto! Last comment on Kevin Garvey. What a journey. What a character and what a character arc. I love the acting, writing, and everything about this guy. Not to say he was perfect. He was painfully flawed as a person, a husband, a father. But that was what made him a human. He is also hella hot. Episode 308, I can see where Brett is coming from. Eccleston does have some of the hardest lines on the show, and that scene at the beginning is worth a couple of Emmys. Honestly, I don't have much else. After Nora went into the machine, I was speechless and unable to write notes for the rest of the episode. This is the second time I watched the show, and I remembered next to nothing. So much so that I have sworn that there were actual scenes with Nora on the other side, and I was waiting for them since the beginning. I'm very happy to have seen the show again and that it literally felt like the first time. Aww. I can say it's easily one of my top three now. It's sad and depressing, but it's one of the most in interesting, creative, and different shows ever. It also has one of the best love stories I've ever seen. Really? That's a best love story? The best thing about it is that it has one of the biggest mysteries of any show, and it doesn't even matter in the end. I personally believe Nora's story, but it's not about that. It's not about getting answers to the mysteries and questions. It was about the journey we had with the characters. Anyway, thank you guys for letting me be a tiny part of the show. You are all fantastic humans. I'm very happy that you think my emails are worth reading. I don't want to go into the whole pilgrimage thing on this email because it's already too long. But let me know and I can write another email for whatever the next episode is. You're sexually active you and lying nun, Don Beto. <laughs> Yeah. I want to hear it. Come back for Lovecraft County. We want to hear. Lovecraft County. We want to Country. Hear. Only one episode Country. a week, so we'll have time. Lovecraft Country. Lovecraft C. Country. I doubly agree with Beto. Yeah, yeah. he's great. We can't have a... For one... For... For one, I uh, <laughs> also couldn't quite remember whether oh, we saw Nora there or not. A party? If we saw what? That's so interesting. If we saw... I had the same feeling as Beto going into it. I almost could see in my mind like an image of her. Because like, she just acts her family it so well. The street. She narrates it so exactly. well. She does it so well. I know. I know. It was it was just in my my mind about it. Uh, but also, um, I yeah, think I don't want to take anything was... away from her performance, which was incredible. Right. Like, yeah. I want to get no, that I think straight, the... but, you know. The coolest thing about this after Lost was every time 
after Lost, people who loved it said like, it's not about the the mystery, man. It's about the characters. And I was like, bullshit. Too many cliffhangers to call that by the end of Lost. But then with Leftovers, I was like, you did it completely right. That's the right way to yes. do. Uh, it's about the characters and not the mystery yes. show. So, okay. He nailed it. Now I feel better about right. that. Great. Okay. I can move on with my life. Because the <laughs> mystery is never going to satisfy. Yeah. Do you think the show is about the grief of uh, Lost for Damon? No, no. I mean, actually, <laughs> I'm sure a lot of it yes. is. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Joseph that O'Malley. last episode think, felt like I he was like, I'm not going to make the same We got 19 emails twice. left. <laughs> okay. I have to say, I just looked up Carrie Coon. And the very top thing she's credited for, like most recent, is Ghostbusters Afterlife. Is that the new Ghostbusters? Yeah, yeah. She's the she's the yeah. female lead. What in the that. ding? Yeah. Joseph O'Malley sends an email saying, "Hi all, happy belated 100 episodes. Sadly, I managed to mistype the email address last week, so the first at gmail.com got a lovely email about how good Amy Brenneman is." Don't ask me how I managed to not type two whole words of the address because I honestly don't know. I was also watching True Detective for the first time, so I had to skip some of the podcast last week just in case of spoilers, but I did catch that Brett didn't think it stuck the landing, which now that I've seen it, I've got to disagree with. But hopefully we can oh. agree that the leftovers <laughs> But hopefully we can agree that the leftovers sticks the landing and then some. <laughs> <laughs> Brett, I didn't want to say it, but as as long so. here's the thing, Brett. As long as I've been frequenting the re the subreddit of the leftovers, I've never heard anybody say what you said about the final episode. It's truly unique. It's such a unique. I think what I think, Steve. I'm I know. Not I know. To it's totally. It's totally unique. I can't believe there was an email that that. Doubly stuck it. Some brief thoughts and favorite bits of these final episodes. This watch through, I think the afterlife was real, but this final time we see it was all in Kevin's head. Something was off about it. Example, no hotel, Patty alive, etc. Oh, my goodness. My VLC is being a real weirdo. Digital blink. Um, Kevin Sr. on the roof. I don't think I'm ready to come down yet. And what now are perfect closers on his character and encapsulate what the show is about beautifully. Lori is alive. Agreed. Totally agree with Alana. I don't like suicide as an ending, so I'm glad Lori found the strength to live on in her family. The dance at the wedding. The same song plays in their first dinner at Kevin's house back in season one, episode eight which is a very sweet detail, and the scene gets me sobbing like no other. That's cute. For me, this is the most emotionally satisfying finale of any show, and I hope you loved it even half as much as I did. Thanks again for doing this wonderful podcast. I can't wait for whatever you watch next. Goodbye. Don't yeah. tweet. Don't tweet. Don't, don't, don't at me. Out of the don't at me. <laughs> Are you okay? Oh, yeah. Look, I feel look. like my allergies flared oh, up like an yeah, hour ago. We got a player here. We got a player. Uh, Yahoo Maggie Faff sends an email saying, Hotel, more like Hut L. Hey, everyone. <laughs> That's very funny. Dude, fucking nailed it. Nailed it. Hey, everyone. What that? Yeah, not as good. As the last time was even better with that. Koalified. I know. I love it. Ooh, yeah. Wow, that last episode was so amazing. My boyfriend and I had leftovers for dinner in honor of the finale. Here are my thoughts for the very last time. <laughs> the most powerful man in the world. The original music feels so weird now. 
I love this hut. That white suit is sharp. So happy to see Patty again. She steals every scene. Oh my God, what an episode. I am so happy to hear someone talk about the clothing. Yes! That's my mind! The Book of Nora. Ooh, Nora is a Scorpio. That explains a lot. Yes! I hate scenes like this with so many instructions. It gives me secondhand anxiety because there's no way I would remember it all. I'm not sure how to feel about this version of Kevin. Ah, yes, there's the Kevin we know and love. Oh my god, that final monologue was so amazing. I'm like covered in goosebumps. Wow, what a worthwhile adventure to take with you dinguses. So happy to be along for the ride. Hugs and kisses, Maggie Paff or Faff or whatever the fuck it is. Yeah! Spencer... I'm also a Scorpio. I hope that explains. <laughs> Spencer Clayweg says, oh boy, finale time. Hi, born boys and born gal. I'm hoping our favorite Guilty Remnant member is joining us today for group therapy with mommy. I think he's talking about Owen. <laughs> Amen. All jokes aside, I was so excited to tune into The Leftovers as Lost is my favorite show, but I didn't know about the first time show podcast until weeks after you finished Lost. So I got to have the live podcast format following experience this time around. I'm not sure how people feel about the finale, but I really liked the final arc for Kevin and Nora, with much closure provided to all aspects of the show. Not only did we get how the main gang of characters ended up, we learn about the departure from Nora's trip to the other side. It was a possibility I never thought of, and I was quite happy with it. I wholeheartedly believe Nora's story, but with just a spoken monologue and no shots of this experience, I can understand how some may not believe her. Thanks for all the fun clips from Jackpot to You Want to Make a Bird Take a Bird with You. Can't wait to go through what is next for the first time show. Spencer Clayweg. P.S. Every day driving to my office, I think of Steve and the Valley Folk Boys because it is located literally half a block or so away from the Valley Folk office. Whoa, so thanks for being a part of my daily commute. Oh, creepy. Thanks for sending the email, Spencer. <laughs> Don't send anything else. You, Jerry, Dangerous. sends an email saying, only two clips this time. Hey, Steve, Brett, Alana, and hopefully Cigarette Man. I love some right. clips. Jackpot. And hopefully, oh, let's see. Um, and some thoughts. Wasn't it great how confused Kevin's Kevin's looked throughout the first <laughs> whole episode, the whole first episode? And seeing Patty again was awesome. We got another Kevin. Yes, we did. And Brett got us that clip, and here it is. Kevin. That was a little Kevin. How about a bigger one? What do you got? You got a bigger Kevin for us? Kevin. Well, that was that's a the very same big Kevin. Hey, excuse me. Kevin. Excuse me. Kevin. No, that's not what I'm asking Kevin. for. Kevin. No, I don't want you to get quieter. Kevin. No, that's enough of that. <laughs> Kevin. <laughs> Kevin. I was hoping for a big one when things started to get heated about. Defcon Four or whatever she wanted them yeah. to go Wait, to. Wait, let me try. This. I thought she was gonna yell, Kevin. I was, I was so ready for it. Let me try this, Kevin. Kevin. <laughs> and then this one. Kevin. <laughs> all right. Hey, Steve Renalon. Let's see. Anyways, I've got a question for all of you about the ending. Did you believe Nora's story? I think the line earlier in the episode that said, I'm not trying to sell you anything, it's just a nicer story, heavily implies that Nora oh. was doing the same thing. Of course, it doesn't really matter whether it was true or not, just that Kevin believed it and that they were happy in the end. But it's fun to discuss. Did we say whether we believe or not? Yeah. I believe it. I believe it too. I said yes. I think we all believe it. Yeah, I think it. we yeah. all believe it. Yeah. I have two reasons. Her performance 
and that the hotel was real. Yep. Yeah. Um, until the next show, please let me hear that spe- specific powerful honk that made me laugh so much last week. You mean? You mean when Steve farted in his sleep against the wall? Shit, where did I put it? I just and put it woke it everyone it. up. Oh yeah, I farted against the wall the other night, <laughs> and it woke me up for a split second. It woke him up hard. It woke me up hard. Yeah, it was a it was a big ridiculous. It, it was fart. so loud. It sounded like like waking up in the middle of the worst earthquake or something. It sounded like something just slapped a wall. I don't I don't know where I put it. It's gone. Here it Rest is. in peace, Mr. Fuzzy. Mr. Funny. <laughs> Mr. Funny. Tries Mr. Fucking Funny. Um, let's see. Uh, all right, here's his clips. This one's called Patty. I wish the circumstances were different, but it appears the shit has hit the fan, sir. <laughs> That's great. And yeah. then here's the next clip. You want some tea? Dude, I thought what? about pulling both. Wait, wait, wait. There was a there was a little part at the end. Hang on. You want some tea? What? <laughs> what? 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 All right, Zhang. Oh shit! Is that the what for? What? Leftovers? What? Oh, what? what? Well, we got our own what? Yeah, what? yeah, that's it. Yeah. What? Um, Max what? sends an email saying, congratulations on what? 101 episodes. <laughs> hey, everybody, I'm, I missed sending an email before last week, so congratulations on the 100, and here's to many more. Hope Owen's back for the finale, and it's been an amazing ride watching the show, and what a beautiful, touching ending to a great series. Now we need to talk about Kevin's big old schlong. Did you hear that thud on the scanner? Oh, yes, we did. Man, you're paying this place, sir. There it is. Did you hear the thud? He definitely is, is a shower, not a grower. An eight-inch chode easily. Oh, excuse me? Now I realize we went through an entire series without a Danny DeVito clip. So here's one dedicated to my bearded, big dick, wet boy, Kevin. And here it is. Oh, whoops. Oh. I dropped my monster <laughs> condom that I used for my magnum dong. <laughs> <laughs> I remember hearing that. Oh, fuck. <laughs> That's real good. That's really good. Um, all right, let's get this music back. Because the fucking phrase comes so often Oof. these days that I cannot get the phrase out of my head of Danny DeVito going... Would you like an egg in these? Can I offer times? you an egg oh. in these trying times? <laughs> They're memeing it for 2020 right really now are. too. Oh, someone tweet, someone tweeted one of the funniest ones I've ever seen, and it says, "Can I offer you some trying times during these trying times?" <laughs> yeah, I've seen that one. <laughs> oh, it's, that's really that's what 2020 yeah. it's is. It's the best one, I think. It is the realist for this year. All right, Patrick sends an email i can't pronounce your last name i won't even try it we're not turning it into a bit i'm sick of it hey everyone i'm the only one reading these fucking things i gotta pronounce all your goddamn last names what do i look like a fucking teacher fucking what do you think i work at the united nations i don't know you're fucking i don't know how to say your last name all of that over elevator jazz fuck at the airport, they would announce names of people who needed to come see about their seat assignment. And the woman goes, um, Ken, well, I, anything close to this. And then tried to pronounce his last uh, name. Dude, I, I, one time I was that's, in the I airport. I think that's a good move. Just like anything <laughs> that sort of sounds like this come up. 
One time I was in the airport. I swear to God. This better be good. I heard an announcement and it said something like, it went like, ding. Would David, like David King, please come get your puppet. David King, please come get your puppet. (laughs) I was like, done. It's like, holy shit. Where do you, what, what? And he left it. At an airport? He left it for a reason. (laughs) It's almost like. Sir, you know you can't leave this here. <laughs> you cannot leave your puppet here, sir. I wish He's that... creeping everybody out. Sir, you left your puppet in the bar sitting at the stool. <laughs> imagine... <laughs> Listen, imagine for a second if the leftovers, the place that, that he went when he died, wasn't a hotel, it was an airport. Yeah, That would sure. change everything. Sure. That would have been pretty cool, actually. It would have changed yeah, all the analogies. All right. Kevin. I love it. Kevin. Uh, airplane so much when the guy and girl announcer voices are can't decide whether the red zone or the white zone is for loading and unloading yeah i don't even remember we have to watch that it's been too long it's like yeah it's during the whole opening credits and then like several minutes later you hear them and by that and like the the argument has escalated to where they're like she's like this is because you want me to get that abortion isn't it Yeah, exactly. Uh, yes, they uh, have like a little. T- they have like a little argument. Yeah. Speaking of abortions, uh-huh. everybody vote for Biden. It's better than Trump. Please, dear. All Lord. right, Patrick says, "Hey everyone, and greetings from Croatia." Fourteen emails left, guys. Fourteen emails. I am longtime fan. This is my first time writing in. Fourteen fucking emails. This was my first time watching The Leftovers, and I am proud to say that I respected the format all the way through. Thank you. I absolutely love the show. There goes Brett. and uh, <laughs> Disrespecting the format. Blue has a letter for him. Um, this was my first time watching Leftovers, and I'm proud to say that I respected the format all the way through. I absolutely love the show, and I'm already rewatching it with my mom. Wow. Whoa. Some awkward scenes there I, with mom. Yeah, I didn't expect mom. A few thoughts on the <laughs> finale. When it comes to the very <laughs> ending, I personally believe Nora was lying to Kevin, <gasps> and she never went through. When she got locked in the bathroom, she started panicking, even though she had no problem with it, with being in that box when she first wow. met the scientist. Yeah, she was older, though. That's also, interesting. We never, and she was alone. No one could actually come Because you can play her. that quite a few directions as to how you take that mentally. I just think they plant a lot of misdirection. Yeah, and they, they plant a absolutely. lot of, they, they just, and I think it's all on purpose. But too. I, because you can take that scene also as her starting to resign about being so obsessive about being alone and not yeah. letting him in to being like okay well being alone isn't that great anymore maybe i should let him back in right which is how i took it um pretty obvious though so let's see she had no problem being in the scientist uh, the machine, which makes me believe she got scared at the last second and asked them to stop before going in she even asks matt what he's going to tell people about what happened to which she answers whatever you want th- me to when it comes to her story i believe even though it was made up it was it it is what actually happened to the departed, and the writers gave us the real answer within a lie. Hope the email is not too long. Much love, Patrick. Well, with all they planned to show with the fucking other side and the baby and shit, it seems like they really did make it that 99% of the world fucking disappeared in the other side. 98, <clears throat> yeah. Daniela C. says, Hi, BBs. I hope you're doing well. Quick story. I live in Melbourne, a.k.a. land of the upcoming flood and Kevin's new afterlife. I caught up with the leftovers after season two was finished and was waiting for season three. One day, I hadn't watched the show yet. 
I was walking through the park on my way to uni when I see a bunch of people dressed in white and TV cameras and thought, another weird-ass protest. A year later, I was watching episode 7 of season 3 where Kevin is giving his speech when I realized it was a familiar place. It turns out they were filming the scene when I walked by that day and I missed it. I regret that every damn day. My only consolation is that I graduated in that building, the one behind Kevin. Kevin. In the same park last year. It wasn't as cool as having seen the cast and Justin, but it's something. One final thought, even though it's pretty clear Nora is lying, the ambiguity of the ending was perfect. I hope Alana mentioned lying as the theme of the episode. My goodness. Oh, I didn't even have themes for the last episode. It was too bulldozing That's my brain. That's Unnecessary. I'm pretty sure you guys... Lying, what did you say too? What? Yeah, lying would be a theme. Good girl, baby. Whoa. I'm pretty sure you guys That's are going to... I'm pretty sure you guys are going to watch Breaking Bad next. I watched the pilot years ago and didn't like it. I guess it's the perfect time to give it another go now that Melbourne is in lockdown again and there's not much to do. Thanks for the season. I loved it. P.S. I miss the horns. They crack me up every time in the lost season of the Steve, podcast. Steve, where are those horns at? Eh. Oh. Where are the horns? They're on dynamic We're banter. You should listen to that podcast. Corey Mueller says, final thoughts. What's up, fuckers? I hope this isn't too long. I remember being kind of let down by the ending when I watched it when it aired. You guys also stole our cum. (laughs) Yeah. It felt like they were compensating for viewers being upset with the ending of Lost by throwing in Nora's story at the end just to quickly answer our questions about The Departed. But he said the first time. And it worked. He said the first time he saw it. He said, after rewatching the show, I can see the theme of storytelling has an important presence throughout. Matt wrote his gospel about Kevin because Kevin was weird as fuck and did some cool things that couldn't be explained, similarly to how the Christian gospels were written about Jesus. Nora couldn't understand why her family and the rest of the 2% disappeared, so she made up a story, The Book of Nora, about traveling to the world where the departed ended up. Kevin really may not have truly believed her story in the end, but he believed that Nora finally got the closure she needed for losing her family. Overall, this is one of my favorite shows. I'm glad you chose to watch it for this insane podcast. Thanks for the hours of entertainment you have all provided over the years. Hashtag Brett, yes. Hashtag Owen's dead lung. (laughs) Hashtag Kevin. She's not here, Kevin. Hashtag Goblet of Cum. Hashtag watch con- convoy next. <laughs> Your pal Javier Grigio yeah, Marks watch. Twelve more emails. That feels Jeez. like an ally to my point. Um. Well, he said the first time he felt that way, but the second <laughs> it feels time like he an did. ally. I'm just saying it feels like an ally. That's all I'm saying. Daniel sends an email saying penis biometrics. Hi there, Alana, Steve, Brett, and hopefully Owen. I'll be brief. These episodes were great, as well as the series. Carrie Coon is my favorite on the show. I'm glad she was the focus on the last episode. The Matt Libs scene may be my favorite of the whole series. I love these two so much. My birthday is this weekend. I would love the clip, Fuck Your Daughter, from Nora to celebrate. We played it a lot in the first run of the show. (laughs) We not here, Kevin. I want to wish you a happy birthday. I hope you're doing something that makes you just happy all day long. You and Justin Thoreau. <laughs> Happy birthday. Oh, here it is. Oh, oh fuck yeah. Your Happy birthday, Daniel and. Oh, fuck your daughter. <laughs> um, John says, series finale. Hey, gang, there's too much to talk about. So I'll just say that I loved every minute of these two episodes. So if you don't mind, I'll take the time to thank you guys instead. 
I remember watching the series last year and I was amazed by it. I was going through some tough times and the show was exactly what I needed. <clears throat> watching it was a cathartic experience. Now rewatching it with you guys was just as great and almost much f and also much funnier. <clears throat> My goodness. I watched the series along the first time, alone the first time, and had no one to talk to about it with and Hearing you guys and gals share your thoughts about it this time around was so much fun. For me, this show, no matter how bleak it is at times, is all about hope. Hope that no matter how dark and saddening things get can get, there's always a way to move forward. And more importantly, there's always someone to move forward with. Thank you all for being there. Take care, John. <clears throat> Israel, like an ally too. <laughs> Israel Chavez Lopez, you can't just make shit up, Brett. The final leftovers email. Um, listen, I'm just tallying. From Israel Chavez Lopez. Hello, BB boys and girls. Still not your intern Israel here. We finally <laughs> did it. We finished this fucking fantastic series, and I actually feel satisfied with the things we got an answer for. I really like the ending because I was not expecting for it to be to end on a happier note. Me too. But I wanted to talk a little bit about something else. All this time while I was watching the show, I was also playing The Last of Us Part 2, which, by the way, is one of the most amazingly crafted stories I've ever experienced. Agreed. I played it, and Alana Agreed. watched me play the whole game. Yeah. It was so good. Such a great story. Um, enjoying those two stories at the same time made me realize that Justin Thoreau could be the absolute perfect Joel Miller for the upcoming HBO show. There's going to be a Leftovers show coming out. He has Leftovers? This, no, Last of I'm us. sorry, Last of Us. He has the same gruffness, inner rage, Lovecraft. And, <laughs> and complex moral compass, but at the same time, he has the sad eyes, the tender, loving heart, and the beautiful moments of compassion. Thank and you so much, guys, and the big pants. dong. Thank you so much, guys, for taking us on this incredible journey. Where's my clip that I want to hear here? Here, here. Here, here. Where's my back door, my friend? There it is. Back door, my friend. Um... <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you so much you guys for taking on this incredible journey I loved every second of it I'm so excited for the new show you're going to watch but I know that whatever it is you guys are going to keep making us happier than you realize please stay safe and as always don't forget that mask thanks a lot Israel you're a good boy Yay! Gabby Rosado sends email saying a first time watcher's thoughts hey boys and girl it's Gabby again we are finally here and I gotta say I am more satisfied than I thought I would be this last season, I had a hard time thinking of theories for what would happen because this show is so unpredictable, so I was worried that the ending would leave me unsatisfied, but damn, I loved it. I just wanted to say that this show is one of the most unique I've ever seen. I can't think of another show that kept me on my toes and subverted my expectations as much as Leftovers did. I can see why it's loved. It's true, truly one of a kind, in my opinion. Another fantastic show and podcast journey down. Can't wait for whatever's next. Love you guys. Hashtag Nora and Kevin forever. Aww. Blake Cass, Cassie says, Leftovers finale. Good day, Melbourne. I have a very interesting situation with The Leftovers. I watched the whole show as it aired until season three was wrapping up. I had no idea season three was going to be shorter until episode seven ended, and it said the next episode would be the finale. I didn't want the show to end so soon, so I decided to wait a bit before watching the final episode. I forgot to watch it. I've been rewatching alongside y'all, and I finally finished the show. 
it was meh. I give it a four out of ten. Just kidding. I love the show. I truly never thought they would have explained the big the blip. All right, see you boys next so time. Close, Brett. You almost had <laughs> Sorry, an ally Brett. In that one, Brett. <laughs> Sorry, buddy. <laughs> um, Zishan... I want to know more about this guy's experience. <laughs> <laughs> Zishan sends email saying hi. Hopefully, three boys and one girl, and or maybe a guest other than Owen. Finally, it's the episode four <laughs> finale of the first time <laughs> show. We didn't have any guests. On we didn't have any guests. Yeah. yeah, my favorite story arc yeah. this season were the shout outs to this mysterious Bobby person. Yeah, Bobby! And Steve. Bobby! Hey, Bobby! Woo, 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 woo! And Steve continually thinking that Israel Chavez Lopez is the intern by mistake <laughs> every week. Hopefully we'll get closure to these plot points. <laughs> Episode 7, no one but two dick thumps. Not one, but two dick thumps. That's, and I wanted to pull both clips, let the record show. I know, the show. second one had music going. You I wanted both clips. The second one is louder, but it, there is music in the background and it's awkward. This episode earned the show its only Emmy nomination and Dowd as Outstanding Guest Actress. That's it? That sucks. This might honestly be my favorite episode of the whole series. Absolutely balls to the wall, bonkers with a masterclass of acting on display by Justin Thoreau. Not 100% Wait, Carrie sure. Carrie Coons didn't get nominated for shit? Guess not. Jesus. Not 100% sure what the deal with the two Kevins is, though. Very interesting to hear you guys' thoughts. Two different sides of his personality and his life. And, and himself. Final episode. That's a good question. What's your favorite episode? Of International series? Assassin. Mine is the finale of two, season two. Nice. Um, Where he goes back to the hotel. So was Nora telling the truth? I'm leaning towards no, because of all the hints about lying in this episode, like the opening scene and Nora repeatedly asking Kevin to tell the truth. Yeah. She was also about to yell something, most likely stop right as the water reached her neck after that. It was purposely made that way, sir. Please understand this show was manufactured to confuse you. <laughs> After the scientist showed Nora that she could still communicate with them, it's pretty clear to me that Nora was lying, but goddamn, that would be, and you're also not wrong, but goddamn, that would be so depressing. It means that Nora never actually got any closure and spent the last 10 years or so imagining this other world where 98% of the population disappeared as a coping mechanism. And the closure she settled for was Kevin believing her story that she made up. It's depressing as fuck. That's true. So I'd love to hear your arguments for her telling the truth because I'd believe any somewhat decent one. If Nora was telling the truth, this would be a wholesome romantic ending. I read that Lindelof actually wanted to film the story Nora was telling, that he was all for the mirror universe since the beginning of the show. Does that factor into your interpretations of the final product at all? To me, it doesn't. The final product is what matters, and any ideas that the creators and writers had that didn't pan out are just that. Oh. The goat in the episode signified... Let me tell you why she's telling the truth. Because Kevin's the only one she could tell the truth to, that she knows he would believe it because of what he told her over the years. And that's why she so desperately needed him to be the real Kevin and to, te to tell the truth I to get her that. so that she could finally tell him the truth because she's probably not told anybody else i get that yeah that's what i think the goat in the episode the signified the greatest of all time status of the show i was gonna guess that as a joke <laughs> Ooh. oh okay that's what i was saying <coughs> um a very satisfying finale, more concrete than lost, but strangely just as ambiguous. As for the show overall, it was amazing. Each season is better than the last. 
How this show was not nominated for any major Emmys besides the one I mentioned above is baffling. Same. <clears throat> it was a different time. It was my privilege watching the show weekly with you guys, and I'm very excited for the next one. I'm guessing it's the boys since it would work out perfectly in time for season two. Wow, that actually would have been pretty good. Thanks, yeah. Zashan. No, we're doing Lovecraft Country. We're doing Lovecraft. <laughs> P.S. I'd love to hear your thoughts on Lost when you get around to it, Alana. Oh. Same for you. Your rewatch. Oh, uh-oh. Is he Same for your about? rewatch, Brett. Maybe a segment oh. at the beginning of the podcast. Oh, that's a creative Roberto thought. Abril. This is a very long email, my friend, but there's only five left. So, and it's 11 o'clock at night. Just start it and see if you need to finish it. Hello, Steve, Alana, Brett, and hopefully Owen. I'm writing this literally seconds after finishing the finale with tears still rolling down my face. This is my second time watching the show, and this time the finale just hit different. When I first watched it, I was able to appreciate only the coolness factor of the last two episodes, kind of like me. But I was a naive 21-year-old born boy back when I first watched it. This time around, even though I'm not that much older, I was extremely moved by the last episode. I'm reading a lot. I gotta drink a lot. No, I know. I'm just giving the sound effect. <laughs> Kevin and Nora's last conversation was so beautiful. And to me, it perfectly encapsulated the value of trust in a relationship. Nora's story is so unbelievably surreal that even she did not expect Kevin, who fucking died and came back to life four times, to believe her. This show is absolutely one of the best love stories ever made. Another thing that is crazy to think about is the duality. You should just understand that for boys, this is like a big, this is like a good love story. That would be an interesting bonus episode. Because <laughs> honestly, I would want to talk about that. Um, another thing is that's crazy to think about is the duality of the departed. In the regular world, 2% of the population leaves and there's chaos, extremists, cults, constant depression, and even nuclear attack. In the departed world, 98% of the population departed and they are just simply happy to have survived. Also explains why finally I think Carrie Coon deserves an Oscar. Well, an Oscar's okay. Solely for the delivery of her story. The whole series <laughs> depart depended. I'll explain to you what, what about Oscars later on the Oscar show. The whole series depended on that scene and the fact that it was mostly just a close shot of Nora's face is so powerful. Hashtag Nora's face. The director could have chosen to cut to visuals of Nora naked in the parking lot, Nora standing on some ship on her way to see her kids, Nora finding her kids, And he almost did. But that would have taken so much power away from the scene. The story just answers everything we wanted to know from the very beginning. Agreed. However, that leaves us with the final question that the show poses. Do you believe Nora? In life after love. Isn't it interesting how like none of us cared if it was a lie or not? Because yeah. it's not about that. And it's, I, it, I don't think it's interesting. I think it's accurate. It's accurate, yeah. The show's fucking beautiful, and it now has been promoted to my favorite show of all time. Whoa. When you guys started watching the show, I made one of my best friends watch it along with me after years of trying to get him to watch it. My friend is a huge philosophy nerd, and he's obsessed with the idea of, of religion, even though he's not religious at all. I knew he was going to like the show, but earlier today he texted me saying he watched the last two episodes, and this is now his favorite show as well. So, mission accomplished. I will now start recruiting more members for the Church of Kevin. Anyways, sorry for the long email. I'm just very emotional right now. I'm excited to hear what y'all are going to watch next. Come, Roberto. All right, five more emails, guys. Ooh. Katie Green, hi, everybody. I hope I'm not too late sending this. I love watching along with all of you, and I can't wait to hear your thoughts. I have a huge question that's been bugging me about the last episode ever since I finished it. Is Nora dead? The cut between her and the machine to her as an old lady seems strange. 
The cuts that happen when Kevin enters the afterlife are very similar, so I immediately thought the machine had killed her. There are little clues here and there, such as Kevin saying he met the bride and groom at the hotel bar, and some pieces still don't fit. I assume Nora is telling the truth about seeing her children, so maybe on her attempt to come back, the new machine is the one that killed her. She said she spent a lot of time in this other dimension, so that explains why her and Kevin are old. Lori seems old too, so maybe she didn't actually kill herself when she went scuba diving and died at some other point. Unless it's possible for people to continue to age in the afterlife, since we do see Patty at two different ages, adult and child. When we see Lori, she's holding a baby. Kevin, Matt, Kevin later says... <clears throat> Jill has had a daughter. Is it possible Jill's daughter died and is now in the afterlife with her grandmother? I think you're really reading too much into this, yeah. but it's interesting though. Kevin, I mean, this is what Lindelof does though. He makes you kind of try to connect everything and stuff. Wait, Brett, are you talking? I can't hear you. Brett, Brett, we cannot hear you. Can he hear us? Maybe he's making a we phone call. We can't hear you. <laughs> maybe he's making a phone call. <laughs> or maybe he's talking to, to Jamie. I'm not alone, right? You guys can. I can't hear him. We cannot hear you still. Owen, can you hear him? Owen, can hear him? Oh. Owen, can you hear us? Owen, can you talk? Oh, shit. Maybe try, they can't hear us. Try talking, Owen. Did you guys go to the other side? <laughs> <laughs> I can't hear either of them. Can you guys? We can't hear you and you can't hear us. We're the leftovers. Uh, who's on which side? Oh, God. What a perfect time to have a fucking problem. Wait, Owen, you try talk too. I can't hear either of them. Oh, boy. What's All right, we'll keep reading the email and then, you know. <laughs> I guess I will keep reading I have no email. idea. He says keep reading it or Brett says keep reading it. Oh god. <laughs> what is today? What is happening? Oh my god. This is the fucking this is the the fucking cursed episode of First Time Show. <laughs> oh, Owen. Oh, now we can we hear, hear Owen. You. Can you hear us now? What? Owen, we can hear you now. You can hear me now. Brett, try talking. How about me? Now we hear you. Yeah, can you hear me? Yeah. I don't okay, know. Okay. Oh wait. Brett, I don't know wait, Brett happened. had something to say about the email. Go okay. ahead. This is a good podcast. What I was saying was I thought that Kevin it's a great I Nora was dead when Kevin talked about having a major heart attack. Oh, shit. Because yeah. I was like, oh, Kevin fucking died from a heart attack, and now they're together in this. What's happening back uh, in, there? In Nora's post. What? What are you pointing at, Owen? They were having sex in the airport bathroom. Oh, nice. <laughs> oh, is this why it's me? a guy's ideal yes. relationship? Yes. Okay, I'm gonna be quiet now. <laughs> Finish the emails. Oh this is this is gonna be longer than the Watchmen podcast, the Watchmen <laughs> movie podcast. <laughs> um. All right. Well, uh, thank you, Katie, for your email. Ralph sends an email saying, or Raph, Rafe, maybe. Hi, Brett, Probably Alana, Raph. Steve, and maybe oh, Owen. I was wondering if it was Ralph. Fire. I know. Firstly, want to thank you all for keeping us entertained in these unfortunate times. Secondly, wow, what an ending. I loved it. Loved how they told us what happened to The Departed, but it's not why it happened. But not why it happened. I love the characters, the cast, and the overall direction. It was all just amazing. A little history of me and The Leftovers. I initially watched the first two episodes when they premiered in Australia. Was interesting, but not enough to continue. Watched the first episode of season two and really enjoyed it, but again, never continued. 
Remember the advertising season three set here in Melbourne, Australia, but never got around to watching the show in its entirety. Can't believe it wasn't for this pod. If it wasn't for this podcast, I might have never watched this show. So again, thanks. Been listening since day one. Please allow Alana to share her thoughts on Lost, even if just one podcast we lost Alana again or Owen, I guess. No, no, no. We lost Owen. Even if just one podcast episode for an entire season. Hashtag Brett. Yes. Hashtag I me uncle. Hashtag he he he. Hashtag jackpot. Hashtag Kevin. I don't feel like a lot of people are going to go there with me on the ending. I'm realizing. <laughs> all these emails. Um, Oshin. Oshin sends an email Oshin! saying... Hey, ladies and babies, because this is my first time seeing the finale of The Leftovers and I can't really have discussions at the water cooler about it due to social distancing, I decided to hit up Omegle and have a cheeky little chat with the boys on there about the show. I recorded it so that all the listeners could experience this water cooler discussion the same way I did. I hope you all enjoy. All right, well, let's listen to that. Have a good one, guys. See ya. Hashtag Sliz. Do that. How's what if this is like 40 minutes? Good, how are you? Do twins have the same penises? No. <laughs> are you sure? <clears throat> Positive. Oh, like I was pretty certain they had the same ones. Well, it depends if they're identical or not. <laughs> yeah, so identical twins have the same penises? Uh, I wouldn't say so, no. Maybe. They have different lives. I don't know. I'm doing a survey for school. <laughs> you know, with social distancing and everything, I can't ask people in person, so I came on here. You guys are, like, not helpful even a little bit. What's going on? What's going on, bro? Do you think it's creepy to stalk someone to Australia so you can get a piece of sliz one last time? I'm from Australia, so... Okay, but do you think it's creepy? To What do you want? What do you need? Just to stalk someone to Australia? I'm trying to get some sliz one last time, and uh, you know what sliz is. I actually don't know what sliz is. A little bit of that. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, um, is it creepy if I follow someone to Australia, pretend I never met them, try and get some sliz? Not really. Not really sure I wouldn't call it creepy. Okay, Um, but I mean, they don't want to speak to me. That is creepy. If I follow them over, is that okay? Yeah, fuck it. Just Hell yeah. don't get caught by the cops and you're chilling. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. That's what I'm talking so, about. So where, are you, where are you from, bro? I'm from Ireland. We're just sitting here fucking chilling, to be honest. Yeah, same. I have another question first, for right. you, if, you, if you're if you good to answer first, it. Yeah, yeah, I'm chilling. But so, first time I haven't seen a fucking cock. Yeah. Been like cock. Speaking of, uh, do you think identical twins have the same penises? <laughs> All right, that's enough. Thank you, Oshin. Can we make this a thing? Oshin, will you ask weird questions about every episode and send us a little clip? Owen, are you going outside? I think Owen... I hope Owen starts pooping. Owen might not know he's on. (laughs) (laughs) I always know. (laughs) Just like Jesus. All right, guys, the final email... Oshina, I'm not kidding. Keep it to 30 seconds, but please. KG sends our final email saying, hey there, baby boys and girl, and hopefully Owen. Man, this first episode was nuts in the best way possible. Kevin spewing up water reminded me of Elliot's water in his mouth bit. Mm. It cracked me up so much. I swear every minute of this episode, I literally said out loud, oh shit, 
all the scenes with Patty, Meg coming back as vice president, Meg explaining how they have to kill the volunteer in order to access the launch key to the nukes. And can I say Justin Thoreau's reaction acting is brilliant. From him getting slapped by Patty to her telling him they're going to vaporize everyone on the planet, my mouth was dropped. Can I tell you my favorite moment is when he grabs the glasses off Patty's face and, and she's them. just like... <laughs> <laughs> This was hands down one of my top three favorite episodes of the show. The very last episode was so heavy and emotional. I can't even express in words how I felt by the end. I just had to take a minute and sit through the end credits and reflect on what I had just watched. Thinking back to the start of the series and what an absolute journey it's been. There's so much to unpack. I would say a great deal of this show is about hope and belief, fear and desire for truth. I can honestly go on and on about the characters and breaking down their story arcs, but this email would just be way too long. I won't do that to Steve because you got to respect the format. I love that I was able to watch along with you guys. It truly made the experience feel so much richer. To Alana, Brett, and my main boy, Baby Stee, thank you. And shout out to Owen for coming back every now and then. Much love, KG. Yay! Thanks, KG. All right, fuck, we did it. This one wasn't so bad. Two hours? A party? Plus, 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 plus the, the hour we the lost. First hour. Oh, yeah, that's right. Well, let's just talk that up to hanging out. All right, <laughs> guys, thank you so much for being a part of this wonderful journey through The Leftovers. I'm so glad we watched it. I fucking love it so much. I I will always love it. I can't wait to watch it again someday. Um, my mind was changed. It was good. I was so fearful, good. but I was happy it. by the end of it for sure. Um, before we have our closing thoughts, I just want to say thank you for joining us and thank you for following us on Instagram, first time show, and on Twitter, the first time show. And thank you for all your emails, everyone who sent in an email, even the super long ones. We appreciate your listenership and your attempt to get an email on the show, even if it was way too fucking long. But we do appreciate <laughs> you, and we thank you for listening to the show, subscribing to the Valley it was Cast. It a good group this time around. I it was a great them. group. I like great. Emails. It felt very much like the lost season. Yeah. I like how it's different for each show, though. It's kind of a different batch of people that come. Yeah, well, yeah. I this like will that be interesting too. because this is the first time we are finishing a show and going right into another show the next week. I know. Ooh. Normally, I'd be like, "All right, we're going on hiatus. I guess we'll be back when yeah. when we're back." But we're really experimenting with doing another. I mean, the last time we tried to do this, it didn't work out so well, and it's always a crapshoot to go into a show that. Well, no, well, we did. Watchmen. No, no, the last time it worked out. No, the I'm talking first about. Time it didn't. That's what I was talking about. I, I, I meant. Yeah. Watchmen was already good. We were already watching it. We jumped in like mid midway through the first season or the right. first couple episodes or whatever. But Castle Rock was so bad, and we really took oh, a chance. Gosh trying to make it work and i mean it could well, happen the, again the, lovecraft could the jfk that one this is what I, the, the whole the whole thing i'm good. trying to say is is that we're really taking a chance with the show with lovecraft country but it looks so cool and really good and i think it's i'm so excited an good important people. time to see something like that and address some terrible shit in hp lovecraft's uh history <clears throat> apparently the man was and a terrible see some racist. monsters and see some monsters and shit. And listen, I still haven't watched any trailer, any teaser. Zero, neither. I've seen the poster. So I am jumping into this show completely fucking 100% blind. I haven't even seen the poster. I'm, I'm nervous it's going to be like too scary and monstery because <laughs> that's like, I'm not, I don't want that. Um, 
Well, if it is Alana, I I hate to suggest. I don't think this, it will but... be. I've watched everything they've released. I don't think it's going to be too scary. If it's um, too like, creepy, I don't need it. From in a my spooky, COVID life. you know, I think it'll be scary from a social commentary perspective. Yeah, that's what yeah, I'm down the, for. Yeah, the real horrors will be uh, what's actually yeah. in real life. That the you real, yeah, be I'm super down of. for that. I'm hoping it's that. That's what it sounds um, like. All right, well, let's get out of here, guys. Thank you for listening. Join us next fucking week when we jump into a fucking oh, no new last show. Um, oh yeah, thoughts? no. Let me just say this last shit really quick, and then we can get your list. Um, but yes. So next week we're. Every, every, I want to hear everyone's kind of last two sentences. Um, next week we're starting Lovecraft Country. It airs on Sunday. Watch along with us. I believe the episodes will go up on Mondays. Please send your emails to the first time show at gmail.com. And so yeah, let's leave off with our final thoughts on the show, Alana. Ladies first. What if we come back? But we don't say anything since we came back. Love it. <laughs> Brett, final thoughts? Uh, I loved it. I think it's unlike anything I've ever seen before or we will see again. I don't think it's better than Lost. Okay. And Owen? Well, Brett just answered one of my questions. Um, I <laughs> Yeah. It broke all the rules without ever losing its dramatic core, which is incredible. That's true. And, and, and even though it got silly as fuck in all the right spots but then um it's uh, have you ever seen a show that all three seasons had their own look and were completely different from each other like color palette and everything i thought that was so cool no yeah, yeah that's a good question I don't yeah think so. like, i don't think so like the snowy kind of leafless tree world in the beginning and then texas and then all super saturated australia like cross-processed whatever oh my god so where, yeah, which, what's your rank? Lost, Leftovers, Watchmen. Oh, yeah, I think so. But Watchmen gets a short end of the stick because it's only one I think I think Watchmen's my favorite. Watchmen's my favorite. Lost is definitely my favorite. Lost, Lost is my favorite forever. Far and away. Forever, yeah. Absolutely diehard Lost fan forever. It's For me, it goes Lost, Leftovers, Watchmen, but Watchmen is is so good and perfect in its own way. I think they're all the best in their genres. If I if, feel like it, it, yeah. Lost is the only one that if I never saw it again, I wouldn't be that upset. Wow, interesting. I haven't seen, obviously, all of Lost, but I did see a good, like, at least three seasons, if not more. And based on that, I would say, for me, it would be Watchmen, Lost, and then Leftovers. Not because Leftovers isn't great, but you have to be something that I want to watch again to be a favorite of mine. And lo- it was great, but I don't need to ever see it again. I, I mean, I'm kind of downplaying the importance of Lost in my life, I guess, because like <laughs> it was several fucking years. Mm. All right. Well, listen. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Owen, for showing up for the finale. I really appreciate it. Thank you for the good questions. Mm. Thank you for your final thoughts, your time. Brett, as always, thank you, my friend. I can't wait for us to jump into this new show. And Alana, you're a trooper. I, say, I can't wait to jump into Fall Guys. Oh, yeah. That's I can't. what I thought, Dude, too. Dude, I am fucking so ready. I'm so ready. <laughs> I'm like, which one is it going to be this week? Worms, the fall things, some other I mean, Worms I never might be of. on the back burner for a while while we get don't, through Fall Guys. I, I'm not making fun. pigeonhole Worms into a one week. Worms is like a, it's worms, a lifestyle. Worms has, has been <laughs> in my life since I was a young kid. So worms it's not going anywhere. Worms is a lifestyle. All right, well, Alana. Worms is a part of the fabric of who I am. Alana, I just want to say. I hope it's not also in your gut because, you know, I've had tapeworms. I want to say one more time, Alana, thank you so much for joining us on the first time show. You were a great oh. addition to the show. 
And I can't wait to do more shows with you. It's great. That's nice. Thank you. Yep. All right. Well, guys, thank you for joining us. And we'll see you next time for Lovecraft Country. Uh, goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, everybody. Bye. <laughs> Bye.